Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I'm Lee Gerstman, and I was banned from this podcast, and I'm not too happy about it. So, fuck these guys. Go to hell. So, here they are. Dr. Fuck and Wadzilla. Enjoy. I know I will, even if they did ban me. Fucking assholes. Suck me. It is I, Dr. Fuck, and with me is... Oh, yeah! The Ayatollah Alcoholic Ian Wadley. And we are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. And now, as we were before, the Podcast Kings. We paid our dues time after time. We got the bots to <laughs> do in time. You know, um, I'm like Noster Dumbass, man. I made that video yeah. calling us the Podcast Kings. Like, what's it been? Like a year already that video's been up. Right. And my prophecy has become true because we are the podcast kings. We went to battle uh, with a bunch of podcasts on the polls, and uh, I want to take the time to <clears throat> to really thank some of our li- well, actually all of our listeners that shared. And I feel really bad because I know there's more than the people I'm about to name, but um, and I, and I really excuse me, excuse me for not saying it, but I know James West. Yes. And uh, Johnny Vogan and uh, Tim Bream were probably, I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think those guys were the most craziest with Sharon it, and they really, really went to but, bat. Matt Weller's dick and Jason Smith. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, everybody. I mean, I want I want to thank everybody. But yeah, you know, uh, Bream, Vogan. I mean, oh, my God. You know, those guys, West, Weller's dick, everybody really. Uh who turned up, man, it really, uh, it's for you guys. It's for you guys. Cause the shit went south for me and I didn't even participate in the last round. Uh, but, but I am happy. We won, if nothing else for you guys, you know, cause that's what I wanted in the beginning. Anyway, I wanted it for you guys who were, you know, helped us have the most donations for the first rock and pot expo. We had us have the most donations for the second rock and pot expo. And this was just another, you know, jewel in the crown, if you will, uh, for our listeners. Because we, we have the best fucking listeners, the most passionate motherfuckers. And, you know, unfortunately, some drama unfolded. Well, drama unfolded throughout the whole uh, <laughs> tournament. But yeah, we, uh, we weren't going against other podcasts. We were going against other podcasts and haters that didn't even know those podcasts Yes, were against yes. us. And uh, the last two rounds... Uh, Decibel Geek and uh, the Monkey Zilch podcast, yeah. those were just like nail biters. They were so close. They were in the lead. We were in the lead. It was going back and forth, back and forth. You know, the ones before wasn't really a headache, you know, but, um, but you know, uh, all of them were good sports. And I want to take the time to apologize to Growing Up Rock. Uh, for those that heard uh, the Vieira Vault, which is now I took down. Because uh, one of the listeners of Growing Up Rock, uh, forgive me, I, I remember his last name was Michaels. Yeah, Steve Mi- Stephen Michaels. Steve Michaels write, wrote me a really cool message. I read it and I realized I was wrong. Because I can, I, can, I can admit I'm wrong like a man. And I was wrong about them. Uh, what they wrote, you could take it either way. 
and I took it the, the wrong way. And uh, but you know, I mean, <clears throat> for you know, and, and, and no disrespect to Bogan, Weller's Dick, Tim Bream, Jason Smith, but who I really want to thank for helping <laughs> us win. I mean, this person was extremely instrumental in making us win. None other than Andrew Jacobs. Thank you, Andrew. Because Andrew uh, tried his hardest to get us to lose. I mean, every round he ran around telling everybody how horrible we were and this and that. And he, he got so annoying that the podcast that he was trying to help, some of them were like, Yo, uh, Andrew, shut the fuck up already. And uh, it was so funny because, and I know you're listening, Andrew. Um, I saw some of these videos that he put up after the fact that everybody yelled at him. And it was so funny because he was stammering a lot. <laughs> like you could tell he was so mad. But the, my favorite was the first one. Because at, at one point, he was almost going to tell off every podcast, and he stopped himself. And he goes, I'm very disappointed. And he stopped himself because he was about to say, I'm very disappointed all you podcasters were yelling at me. You know? <laughs> and, you know, and you know, we, uh, Ian did a really good episode with Ken Mills. No, it wasn't Ken Mills. It was um, Victor, Vic Ruiz. Victor Ruiz, where he told the exact story, what exactly happened, how this all transpired. And then he went nuts and he was asking Victor Ruiz to do his show so he can say his side of it. And but you know, he's such a dummy that he told Victor Ruiz that he called me a brown sugar daddy. And Victor Ruiz was like, dude, this racist as fuck. I ain't gonna put you and well, the funny part is that's not even the most racist thing he said. But that was enough for Victor Ruiz to say, dude, I ain't I, I don't wanna hear your side, you know, you're annoying. And so he went he went he went on his own to make a video, which I saw, and it was hysterical because uh, somebody somebody sent it to me, and he was trying to make excuses how we do it every show. We're chauvinistic in every show. We're racist in every show. Well, here's the difference, Andrew Jacobs, and thank you, by the way, Andrew Jacobs. The difference of us being chauvinistic and racist every show, which by the way, he's a lie. We don't do it every show. And when we do do it, it's tongue-in-cheek, and we don't direct it at anybody unless it applies to your wife. And when it applies to your wife, he even said this in the video. They don't even know my wife. Exactly. We don't know your wife. We don't know what she looks like because you never take a picture with her. We don't know nothing. We're just, like, just goofing on her. Like, you've been goofing on us with, you know, bringing up all this fucking shit. Well... Actually, right. I, I did see a picture of his wife, and uh, see in five years erections. Oh, boy. Oh, you did? Okay. No, that's a joke. Oh. Again, we joke here. Oh, you, you didn't know. see her picture of wife. No, yeah. I've never seen her picture. Yeah, I don't no, think this. So this guy, you know, is grasping at straws, pretending that he's so upset that we talk about his wife, knowing that we don't even know what she looks like. He knows, or maybe he doesn't, maybe he is that stupid. That he thinks uh, we're talking about his wife, like if we know who she is and and that she's a lesbian and all that, you know. What I mean, and in the last video he put up, he said the reason he attacked me was because, and this is so funny because he contradicts himself. He goes, the reason I started attacking Ralph because he wasn't editing Ian out of all the bad things he was saying about my wife, but you know I understand uh, not to censor Ian. 
and uh, you know freedom of speech. I understand all that, but still, and I'm like, wait, wait. You just said you understand it. Now you're gonna go, you know, uh, contradict what you just said. And yeah, and he's like, oh yeah. And then he also put "Coming to My Window" the song. I was like, if I recall, that was Ian's idea. You know, yeah. it wasn't my <laughs> Ian. Ian said, dude, put "Coming to My Window." I was like, all right, whatever you want, dude. You're you're part of the show. See, this is the this is the cold hard fact. Ian doesn't censor me. I'm not going to censor him. But then when he started to attack me, yeah, it was my idea to put, don't break my heart. My achy. That was my idea. You know, I, I threw that in. So, but you know, the, the funny thing is what Ian did on the, on the ear peeler show was so well said that everybody, I mean, everybody was like, dude, fuck this guy, you know? So with that, He's trying to save face and say that now he admits that he does like our show, except when we talk about his wife. Uh, <laughs> and he says all this stuff, you know, he keeps, uh, you know, even when the monkeys thing was going on, he's like, you know, uh, he wasn't even bashing us at that point. He goes, you know, uh, uh, I'm just going to have to go to the monkeys because, you know, I like the monkeys, you know, where before, you know, it was just like, vote for these guys. Make Can you imagine the face of that idiot when we won? Over Desil Geek and and how how bad he was feeling when we won the whole thing, you know that's when he realized, yo, rock and metal combat podcast listeners are much stronger than I thought, and now he realizes. Now we find it was our listeners that woke his ass up and humbled him. I'm I'm done, I'm done with Andrew Jacobs. You know what you describe me uh, in his videos, we broke him. Yeah, we broke him, and when everybody else turned against him, all these other podcasts, who uh, you know, I'm not going to name by names, but I know people who have blocked him and done all this shit, and said all this shit, and I got so many messages after uh, that episode I did with Victor Ruiz, you know, like, oh, you know, you know, at first I kind of thought, you know, you were being mean, you know, but now that I see this stuff, you know, and that's what I've been saying all along. If you people really knew, you know, the reason behind this. And there's not one war that we've had with anybody that we started. But we'll sure as fuck finish them. But there's nothing we've started with any other podcast, any listeners. We don't start this shit, but we'll sure as fuck finish it. And now he's on the apology tour. You know, he's trying, you know, but I want no part of it. You can take your apology and shove it up your ass. Well, well uh, you and know, I got a question for you. Would sure. he have really apologized if nobody... From other podcasts would have told him to no, shut the fuck no, up. No, no, no. Of course why, not. That's why I know I, I know it's all fake and I don't that's, care. Yeah, he's a phony. And that's the only reason he saved face. For him to look good to all these podcasts that attacked him saying, look right. at me. I'm taking the high road. And I'm apologizing to them. And I'm this and I'm that. And I, and, and uh, you know, and I like the rock and metal. I mean, we broke him so bad that he's like grasping at straws to get some kind right. of, uh, you know, uh, respect from all these podcasts that think he's a fucking moron, you know? No, and, you think you could fool a Corleone with that? Come on, <laughs> you know? We see right through that fucking shit. Well, you, 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 you could fool uh, an Alden Taylor and, and, a, and, a, <laughs> and a Reardon, but then again, they like Van Hagar, so. Yeah, yeah, but you can't fool a Corleone, and you can't fool the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. We saw exactly through that. I mean... Here, here's a here's a funny thing, and I know we're jumping ahead in the drama in this tournament, 
But, uh, you know, the biggest drama is that we were using uh, bots. Yeah. You know, you know, you know uh, to win this shit. And, and for the record, Ralph and I never asked anybody to create new profiles to vote for us. If you guys did that, that's fine. I'm not judging because it happened on both sides. And here's a funny thing. Uh, our two main accusers were Zach Harris and and uh, Andrew Jacobs. Well, I didn't and, know Andrew Jacobs was part of that shit. I and, thought it was and, only Zach Harris. And Andrew Jacobs, uh, I mean, uh, Zach Harris voted multiple times for uh, Decibel Geek, but turned our ass in for having fake profiles. This is what I really love. Andrew Jacobs voted for Decibel Geek, I think about four times, uh, including, you know, himself and fake profiles. And he also used one of his own fake profiles to vote for us and then turned us in and said, look, that's a fake profile. And it was one of his. <laughs> you oh, know? wow. You can't make this up. Yeah, he has one. Like, he had one where he spells your name wrong. That's him. He had one. Uh, one he voted for uh, was one where it's uh, TJ Reardon, which is Terrence, you know. And, and he points that out. He goes, look, they're using bots. And it was him doing it. So you got, you know, you got only not bots voting against us, but bots voting for us. And then them saying, hey, look, there's bots. We're kind of jumping uh, ahead here because what we faced in this battle from the get-go, which you said earlier, is not only going up against these podcasts, but there is a group of people that just hate us. And it, it's a small portion, but it's a click within the podcasting community. And they can, they can share it too, though. It wasn't yeah. just them. It was all their friends. Oh, yeah. But, you know, they, they don't like us. They don't respect us. You know, we're shock jocks. We're this. You know, blah, blah, blah. They don't like us. And we don't know any of these people. And, and we haven't attacked them or anything. You know, but, you know, one of these guys in particular, uh, you know, kept trying to get us booted off the the uh, Rock and Pod Expo and said he won't be part of the Rock and Pod Expo if we're part of it. And, and it how, uh, wait, wait, I gotta cut you off right there. Okay. How fucked up, I mean, listen to this. How fucked up is it to say, look, if these guys are there, I'm not there from a podcast that didn't contribute as much as we did. That didn't, well, that didn't raise as much money as much as we did. Well, you know? I'm not saying didn't con- didn't raise as much. Well, I'm saying didn't contribute jack shit. Okay, they didn't contribute nothing, you know? And they're telling the Rock and Pod Expo people, no, we don't want them there. We're not... Motherfucker, we're more valuable than you guys when it comes to the Expo because we contribute. You guys don't, and you're trying to make rules over fucking us that actually does, did more for the Expo than you did? Who the fuck do you think you are? I mean, the cockiness of this motherfucker. These fuckers saying that, you know? It's fucking ridiculous. Right. You know, it's like saying, you know, hey, uh, credit card company, I ain't paying you because uh, so-and-so paid you. You know, it's like, well, okay. yeah, a credit card company's gonna say, oh, okay, no, uh, ignore that bill we sent you. I mean, it's ridiculous, the cockiness of these motherfuckers because you know, they, they're a podcast. I'm sure they have some listeners. They have people listen to them that don't contribute. And they, they it got to their heads. It really has gone to their heads thinking they're that valuable. And, like, and, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, another thing that's very important is 
these are people who hated us before this tournament even started. Yeah. You know, and these are people we don't even know because if you ask any of the other podcasts who spent time with Ralph and myself, they love us. Everybody who hung out with us, we were friends with, you know, once we met and we've been friends with ever since. Okay, this this is a small section, but they are a little nerd herd, uh, you know. Uh, you know, they're a little click together that don't like us. And it doesn't represent the whole Rock and Pod Expo because there's a lot of shows there. And like I said, the ones who met us and spent time with us, they are all supporters. They all like us. They don't talk shit about us. And and let me let me also say, not that they're not that this is the case, but any of those podcasts that that are, that were nice to us, if I thought their podcast sucked, fuck that. Who cares? They're they're cool people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, you know, I don't, but these people, they're just, is it jealousy? I mean, I don't know. What other reason can it be? I mean, if you don't like our podcast, fine. But if you don't like our podcast to the fact that you want to run around and talk shit about us, when we never said a goddamn thing to you, when you never yeah. came up to us to see how, you know, nice we are to people, then, you know, you are the fucking enemy. You are the pricks, not us. Because we'll yeah. be nice to anybody that comes up to us, you know? You know like a, a prime example would be the, the first Rock and Pod Expo. And, I mean, I mean, everybody knows we went over like a Led Zeppelin. But, you know, we had fun. And the people who got us got us. They enjoyed it. You know, but we did offend and scare a lot of people. But there, there was a show that went on after us called The Hustle. Who I found absolutely a bore. Like, oh my God, put me to sleep. But I never would have said jack shit on our show about them because to me, the expo meant something. It was about everybody joining together, and it's not a matter of my personal taste. Uh, you know, I never would have trashed these shows, you know. But the hustle trashed us live. Michael Butler trashed us live. Uh, you know, Mark Striegel trashed us live. And then you got these other bitches that just do it behind the scenes and send a bunch of, you know, fucking hate mail to Chris Sinzak about, oh, I don't like these guys. Kick them off. And we never talked about any of these shows on our shows till after this shit happened. Because regardless of what we think or feel about another show, we had enough respect. Hey, you're doing your own thing. It might not be our thing, but we're not going to fucking trash you to build us up. You know, but that's what they did. You know, and that's why they're fucking bitches. So we come into this tournament and we're going up against podcasts that not only do have some kind of following, but... We got to fight the haters as well. So every fucking round we had in this uh, tournament, we had to fight twice as hard as the next guy. And we still won. Suck yep. on that, bitches. Yeah. Because of our listeners. And also, something very important I didn't bring up. What really... Look, our fucking listeners got us there, right? Neck and neck, neck and neck. But what took us over the top was the Almost Human 56 YouTube channel. Because when I got on there live and begged these, man, our votes really took us over the top. Barely on the last two rounds. But right. dude, I spent like three hours. Uh, one, the, 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 the last tournament, a total of five hours. I went on for two hours. Then this girl came. I got a blowjob. I, I got off for a while. Then I got back on for another three hours. And believe me, because I had to do a 16-hour shift the next day, I couldn't, uh, you know, really plug the vo the poll anymore. And the amount of votes they, those guys got us 
on Almost Human, you know, made us win. The same thing with Decibel Geek. When I got on YouTube Live, on the Decibel Geek th uh, thing, I got on YouTube Live went while it was at the end, at the zero hours. Yep. And that was closest. That was the closest. I so, yeah, we're still getting ahead of the game here because that's just the beginning of the drama. Uh, then the next one was all this drama surrounding what we say, particularly me, uh, about Andrew Jacobs. And, and I'm a fucking bully and I, I'm all this shit. And one podcast, and, and fuck it, I'll say it, Pods and Sods dropped out of the tournament because of us. Because of the negativity and they didn't want to be any part of it. And that really caught me off guard because I was like, you have nothing to do with it. <laughs> you know, this is between me and Andrew Jacobs. And you're going to drop out because of this? You know, to me, that's like getting on a pedestal, you know, and involving yourself in something you have nothing to do with. And I, I didn't get that, you know. I was like, well, whatever. If you want to do that, fine. But that, to me, it's stupid. And, and that's trying to make yourself more important than you are because it had absolutely zero to do with pods and sods. And then we had the drama with uh, Grown Up Rock in the third round where, you know, they put a post that, yes, could have got taken one of two ways. And and this one really upset Ralph, and he was vocal about it. And I thought it was kind of, you know, I kind of saw it as like, hey, man, this, this could go either way, but it really pissed you off, and you were vocal about it. And there's people who got pissed about that. Uh, yeah, but, but I'll tell you the good thing about that drama was... All's forgiven, uh, and and there, you know, when the guy wrote me, he said they're a fairly new podcast. I felt bad. I was like, look, these are this is a fairly new podcast, right. and I told him, dude, I'm taking down that Vieira Vault podcast because I don't want to piss on. You're a brand new podcast, you know, you're building your shit. I'm not gonna sit here and fucking have a war with you guys, especially after the nice message I got. But what's great about that war was we got one of the other podcasts to come out of the little fucking uh, weasel hole. To right. let them know we didn't like us, and that was what was the name of it? Um, was it in Podcast Rock City? I think. Yeah, Podcast Rock City. Now this is one where you know, again, where Ralph and I we are united, but you know we have different views and opinions, but we're still you know together. Uh, where this guy uh, Jody. Yeah, Jody. <laughs> jo jo Jody from Podcast Rock City. Now, yeah. I. I, I heard through the grapevine that that Jody uses his girlfriend's Facebook. He doesn't have his own. They have one, but a lot of times when you see him post under uh, Amber, it's really Jody. Well, uh, they said something real derogatory against us, and we've never said anything bad about Podcast Rock City. Never, never. heard of them. Never that, heard never. of them. Well, I knew of them. I knew of okay. them. And, and I had talked to him at the first expo briefly, um, you know, but, you know, this shit came out of nowhere and I wrote the guy like, hey, fuck you, motherfucker, you know, saying this shit about us. Now, he came back to me and, and Ralph, he came back to both of us because Ralph had already made a video about him. I, I, you know, I, I don't get as involved as Ralph does. So really well, don't I, piss I, Ralph out because yeah. Ralph will get on YouTube and make a video. I'm too lazy to do that shit. But anyway, so I wrote him, you know, and they're like, hey, fuck you. Who are you? You know, blah, blah, blah. 
And he wrote me back, you know, basically said, hey, fuck you. You know, I didn't say that. It was my old lady. Which well, is a lie, but whatever. Yeah, well, I, I turned, I, I said this. I was trying to be the bigger man. I said, hey, look, you know, if if that was your old lady, then I apologize. Because I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to attack some chick or anything like that. You know, and I said, hey, if you didn't say it, then I apologize. But you got to understand you know, if that was you saying it, and I've never said anything about you, I'm defending myself the same way you would. Now, we kind of, you know, went back and forth and, and made peace. I'm giving the guy a benefit of the doubt. Like, maybe it was his girlfriend, because I know she does, you know, vote and she is active. So I'm giving the guy, you know, a pass. Now, Ralph thinks, I, you know, I'm stupid. He's like, no, that was totally that guy. I don't know. You know, if, if, it, if, it, if it was Jody... And he said that, then fuck him. If he didn't say it, then, like I like I said, I apologize. I'd rather have a friend than an enemy. You know, and if that's your old lady being a, a, a chick, hey, that's one thing. Uh, you know, but R- Ralph's not buying it. And Ralph has every reason to do that. You know, if he doesn't believe it, that's fine. So, you know, Ralph made a video tearing his ass to shreds. That, I got to admit, was holy cow. When I read that, I was like, oh, my. Or when I watched the the video i was like oh my god uh but you know so we had that drama no but you know, but one thing we we can't gloss over about podcast rock city what i understand was the other hosts on podcast rock city did not like this drama had wanted nothing to do with it so i went on the combat fa- facebook page and told everybody because everybody was ready to attack them you know and i was like no no don't because the other two don't agree with Amber or Jody right. whatever the fuck Amber Jody right. let's just call it Amber Jody uh, they didn't really agree with it so I told everybody look back off because we're going to be attacking a podcast that has you know other people that did not agree with you know Amber Jody right and uh, so I you know so I was like alright I'll forgive it and to tell you the truth I don't give a fuck about Amber Jody I mean he threatened to kick my ass at the next pod. You know, uh, and I'm like, great, do it. That'd be great. You know, I mean, I, I can use extra money because, you know, I'm not I'm not this guy that would be like, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to. Oh, you're going to hit me. I'm going to hit you back. No, fucking hit me so I can. He even said I'll bring bail money. I'm like, perfect. Bring bail money because you're going to need it because I'm not going to hit you back. I like to hit wallets instead of faces. You can hit me as hard as you want. That shit will heal. But your bank account won't, because I will sue the living fuck out of this guy if he I, ever fucking touches me. I'm a dumb mick. I'll throw down and go to jail. No, I, <laughs> hey, hey, depending. Let, let's say, you know, hits me right. once, and I'll be like, all right, fucking call the cops. But if he keeps hitting me, I'll be a dumb mick too, you know? There you I'll, go. I'll fight back. Am I going to sit here and say I'll, leave, I'll beat the living shit out of him? No, because I'm not a fucking keyboard warrior, or in this case, a podcast warrior. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and talk about how I can kick somebody's ass and all this bullshit. That to me is pussy shit. You know, it's just like, if I wanted to kick your ass, I wouldn't say it online. I really wouldn't. I'd be like, oh yeah, motherfucker, okay, alright, fine. And when I see you and if it really, really puts me off, I'll kick your ass. Or I'll at least try. I'm not, I'm not this fucking, you know, macho man that can say I can kick people's asses. No. All I can say is... I've been in a lot of fights, you know, especially, you know, when I used to go to school, uh, they used to bust students there. And part of uh, the ritual of uh, when I first went to junior high 
was if you didn't fight, you were going to lose your lunch money for the rest of the fucking, your tenure in that school. So I learned how to fight there. I can defend myself. Can I beat people's asses? Yeah. Can I lose fights? Yeah. I've been on both sides. But I'm not going to sit here and say I can beat this Jody Ashley's ass, you know, whatever the fuck. Uh, but I'm I'm more than welcome for him to come up to me and punch me. I, I mean, I would love it because uh, I I like money, <laughs> you know. I really like money, just like you know their podcast is all about a band that loves money. I will Gene and Paul his ass. I I will make him my Vinnie Vincent. Let me put it that way, you know. I'll fucking take him to court and fucking I will fucking bleed him dry if that motherfucker. Because let me tell you something. It will be filmed, and I will have proof. Trust me on this. But you know? if if you think this is the end, to quote Onyx, but wait, it gets worse. <laughs> Not only do we have this shit, and then we kind of, you know, we go to the next round, we get over the drama with Growing Up Rock, we get over the fucking Andrew Jacobs drama. Then we go up against our best friends in podcasting, Decibel Geek. Yeah, that, who, was, that was sad, kind of. Who, who, who we love. We love, love, love these guys. Uh, you know, and, and we're having a great competition, man. It, it's still, I, I, I think it had the most votes over any round in the fucking, in the whole tournament. It, well, it did, yeah. And, and it and was it, super close, man. Yeah, and that just shows you how much love is between these shows and how passionate both shows' fan bases are. Uh so that's one of those, man, if we would have lost to, I, I mean, we fought tooth and nail, but if we would have lost to Decibel Geek, ain't no shame in that, man. Nope. Decibel Geek been around longer than us. Decibel Geek is bigger than us. They are our friends. We love them. Would have been no shame. But, uh, you know, that being said, what happened was, uh, you know, it was so neck and neck, and, and Chris and I, you know, are such good friends. We're messaging each other through the day. Like, at one point, he's like, well, you guys got this, you know, and not much more we can do. And then they'd come back, and, and I'd say, eh, well, you guys got this, not much more I can do. All, all friendly and shit. But then there's this asshole, Zach Harris. Yeah. Who can, I, lot- can I, before you go into that, let me give okay. you the origins of this plot. Okay. This guy came to my attention because he wrote me on the YouTube page. Uh, you must have not added him. Something yeah, happened. He, he probably said he loved Sammy Hagar, so I didn't yeah. fucking add him. So you didn't add him. So he wrote me on a message or, or on a comment on one of the videos saying, Hey, man, I was not accepted into your Facebook page, and I listened to you guys. And me being an idiot, not knowing how this guy is, I was like, well, okay, he's part of my you know, YouTube page. So, all right, dude, uh, give me your name. Send a... Uh, an invite and I'll add you. So I did. Now, before he he pulled off, you know, I already started not to like, and you too, we both talked about this guy beforehand, right. before right. the whole pod thing going, you know, this guy's kind of like a little fucking drama bitch. He's always like causing little havocs and starting with people and doing, you know, just doing these little things and, oh, oh, I hate Night Demon because they treated me bad. You know, it's like, well, no wonder you're an asshole. Why wouldn't they, you know? I mean, I had Night Demon stay at my house. I mean, those guys were super fucking cool. There's no way this guy can actually tell me. And I love how when he uh, tried to debate me over Night Demon, he put up a video of 
the singer of Night Demon Side Project, which is kind of like a, you know, Frank Sinatra type shit. I, I didn't really like it. I didn't know about it either. So I clicked on the video, I watched it, and I saw it was that guy. And he was expecting me to say, oh, that shit sucks. And then he would have said, ah, that's the guy from Night Demon. But no, he didn't get me because I actually watched the video. And I go, oh, man, no, I like him more Night Demon than this shit. Never replied. And there were other little things like, uh, oh, uh, if Andrew Jacobs, if you have all this information on Andrew Jacobs being a racist, where's the proof, basically? You know? Where's the proof? You say you have proof. Where's the, you know, who the fuck are you? You're like new to this page and you're giving us instructions. So I threw him one little proof and he's like, oh man, I'm going to smear this everywhere, which he didn't, liar. And uh, I said, and I told him right there, I go, that's enough. I'm not sending you anything else. That's enough. You already agreed he's a racist by this little thing I sent you. That's good enough for you. And uh, so, Ian, this is the best. Well, go ahead, Ian. And let me take over well, after you block him. Right. Well, prior to me blocking him, I got messages from multiple people on the Rock and Metal Combat Facebook page saying this guy's a troll. Yeah. Get rid of him. I Get got it rid too. of him. I got and, it too. And, and the thing is, we dealt with so much bullshit in this tournament the last thing we needed is one guy that was going to start another campaign like andrew jacobs vote against him vote against him you know i'm like i don't need this drama but as soon as this tournament's over this asshole's gone you know because he was he was constantly starting shit and he voted against us in every round look at that okay okay now here's one thing there's i had a lot of friends of ours that voted against us in the decimal geek round and i held no ill will because you know what decimal geek's been around longer than us these are people who've been friends with chris sinzak longer than they they've known me and, and they've been friends with aaron camaro i did not hold that against anybody they are our friends but this asshole no matter what the show he voted against us and i called him out on it and he said well i just vote for whatever podcast i listen to most and I'm like, well, for a guy that listens to all these other shows most, you sure are on this page every fucking day now. Yeah. And he, he found a way to weasel himself into every conversation. Everyone was combative with the people on the page. I mean, he was just a shit stirrer. And a lot of us thought he was a fake profile at first because he used the same picture that uh, Justin Childers uses, the Peter North picture. But I've also heard from multiple people that no this is a real guy apparently he plays drums in some band in kentucky he was and, at the rock and pod by the way and i'll get into that later okay but uh so apparently he's a real guy but apparently he's a real fucking prick too yeah. See, he, he was just there to start shit he wasn't there to be part of what we do become part of this awesome fucking family that we are you know he was just there to start shit but still i was like you know what I, i'm just I'm going to wait till it's over, and then I'm going to boot his ass. But then he started posting shit, you know, in, in the in the final day of our match against Decibel Geek, about how, oh, look at all these fake profiles. Look at all these uh, uh, Rock and Bell Combat. You know, and I was like, you know what, asshole? You're trying to start. You're gone. I'm like, you're done. You're fucking out of here. And I boot. Well, actually, I didn't even say that, but this is me talking to myself. This is me, you know, you know I drink to stop the voices of uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, you are fucking gone. I deleted them. I was like, it, it, it ain't worth it. So what if we got another hater? You know what? We're going to rise to the occasion. 
and uh, and I booted his ass. And then he came crying to you, right, Ralph? Well, he he left he left a comment on uh, on my one of my videos asking for votes, or maybe yeah yeah, I was asking for votes, saying I can't believe you delete. I didn't even know you blocked him yet, you know? Right. I can't believe you deleted me. Blah blah blah. Fake profile. Bling 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 bling. And then I replied saying, number one idiot i didn't block you it was ian number two you're you're running around saying shit that you know oh uh, you know i didn't say you know but now i know he knew uh that other podcasts were doing the same thing and something that a lot of people need to realize i say about 80 to 90 percent of the people that voted for every podcast in this whole tournament doesn't listen to that podcast including ours i mean i i asked family members i asked everybody just yeah. like every podcast one you yes. know, but but you know, and then we went back and forth a little bit. So I do the ultimate troll move, and this troll move worked perfectly because I know Clint Eastwood is listening too. Because Clint Eastwood is a is a, a profile that goes on every single channel I got, trolling, and I always ignored this this troll constantly until one day I said, you know what, let me let me fuck with this troll. So I did, and then we went back and forth, and then the final thing he wrote was kind of like a novel and I just deleted it saying what was that you said type that all again maybe it won't vanish next time <laughs> Clint Eastwood has never showed his face ever again because I must have pissed him off I did it to this guy too you know I I, I told him you know other pirate so then he, he wrote I don't even know what the fuck he wrote I don't think it was a novel but it was pretty long whatever it was I didn't read a word of it I just had it ready I go when he replies I'm just gonna delete it and do the same thing never heard from him again and by the way his name on YouTube is Zack Attack, but when he was complaining he was being, uh, uh, you know, uh, banned and all that shit, he actually made a new YouTube channel and used that to attack me because I went on the on the channel and everything. It was brand new. So, uh, you know, so Zack Attack is still, well, actually both of them. By the way, Zack, you're still on my YouTube page. Feel free to comment on anything because it just takes me a second to block you, so... Go ahead, and I, I guarantee you, I'm gonna delete it and not read a word, and then block you. You know, because uh, uh, I don't. And, and, and I'm that way with anybody that that fucks with me on YouTube. If you're gonna be a fucking idiot, just starting shit with me with stupid things like, oh, look at this guy in his mother's basement, which I get a lot, by the way. And there's no basements in in Florida, and I haven't lived with my mom since the '80s. Uh, so I just block people, and, and it's fun. It's to me, it's really fun when people make that effort to fuck with me. And I just blocked them. It's it's a beautiful thing about YouTube because I am the owner of that domain. You know, you come to me, starting with me on my page. That's the pro that's here, Zach. And this is the cold truth, Zach. You came to me. You came to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. We don't know who you are. We don't care who you are. You will not be missed. These people have this self-importance. Like Andrew Jacobs. I mean, Andrew Jacobs making all those videos is actually, the guy is so stupid that he doesn't realize nobody gives a fuck about you, but he keeps doing it. He may get a like here and there, you know, by, you know, uh, idiots. Because I saw, like, some comment where he said, oh, they're talking about my wife. And they're like, and people would comment going, that's disgusting. Fuck them. You know, he put up that video I put up where I called his wife a slob. Oh, that's fucked up. Without hearing our side, you know, uh, it's like, oh, I guess, you know, it's bad to be, you know, a, a calling a, a guy's wife a slob. But it's not bad to be a fucking racist show. Right. But, 
But they, they, they don't know the full thing because they're not friends with him. They don't see what he really posts. All they know is he promotes their shit. Well, buddy, we don't need you to promote our shit. And, and, and that's why I started this shit in the first place. Because if that's how you are on, on Facebook, I don't want you being associated with our show. And, and the thing is, here's the here's the bottom line. And this is something not even Andrew Jacobs can... I mean, he'll try to avoid, but it's, it's science. By you promoting anything doesn't work, dude, because you are a nobody. You're nobody. We made it without you. We fucking... As much as you tried to get all these podcasts to win against us, it didn't work. You know why it didn't work? Because you're a nobody. I'm telling you, the percentage of... of votes he got while he was like in the thick of bashing us i i doubt it was even a percent even a percent maybe like three four or five people that were gullible that believed his lies maybe but you know bottom line like i said it before and i'll say it again the only reason he's apologizing and doing all this shit because it was it backfired on him and people realized dude you're a fucking idiot i don't want nothing to do with you so he's like well i gotta gain their respect again so let me pretend to be the higher guy the higher man and say, you know, I apologize to the guy. Why didn't you apologize to us earlier? Oh, that's right. Because nobody was giving, nobody was telling you to shut the fuck up yet. Well, well, you know, here's a prime example while he's on the apology tour. So, you know, he wrote Victor Ruiz this big thing about, oh, let me come on your show and let me tell my side of it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Victor's like, no, dude, you're a proven fucking racist. You just proved it in, in a statement that you sent me. So he told him no. So what's the first thing Andrew Jacobs does is he went on, uh, uh, v- Victor has two podcasts. He has the Mars Attacks and uh, Geek something or other where they talk about pop culture and shit like that. So Andrew Jacobs went on iTunes and left him a shitty review and said, oh, uh, Victor Ruiz is an asshole because he wouldn't let me on his show. Uh, you know, and he kisses Ian's ass because he's on a popular show and I'm a nobody. You know, so that's, that's that's his first instinct. You know, if you don't do what he wants you to do, then he goes and gives you a shitty review. Just like he changed his review for our show six fucking times. You know, so that tells you everything you need to know about this asshole. Yeah, you know, he'll be, he'll be the nicest guy, but once he does something to piss you off, then you're the problem, not him. Right, he right. doesn't look at what he does. He's just like, oh... Oh, Ian called me out about being a chauvinist. Now I'm going to fucking talk about his dead dad. I'm going to talk about his yeah. son. You know, he says all this shit, but no, he doesn't say that when, hey, they call my wife a slob because I fucking yeah. made fun of Ian's dead dad. Yeah, no, he, and, he, he left that part out conveniently. Yeah, and, you know, and, and I don't go crying to other shows like, you let him promote your show and he made fun of my dead father. No, because I'm not a bitch and I could give a shit less what this asshole says. But wait, it gets worse. So after all this bullshit, you know, and, and I and I block uh, Zach Harris, and we're in the final, you know, hours of our match against Decibel Geek. Um, there's this message that comes up on our board, and and I'm sitting there, I'm watching Ralph going live on on YouTube trying to get his votes, trying to help us out and win this motherfucker. And he's fighting like crazy. He's begging. We're sharing the thing like, hey, vote for us, vote for us. And Victor Ruiz points, uh, puts a post on our page that says, people talk about three sides and, and bots. Dot, dot, dot. I missed that. I didn't and, see that. 
Yeah, yeah, that was why you were on the air. Oh, while I was on YouTube Live. Yeah, okay, that, okay. that's why that's why I called you and said what I said. And I was like, really, dude? What the fuck? You know, I'm like, what what, what the hell? Because me and I consider Victor a, a friend of mine. You know, and, and uh, I'm like, whoa, what, whoa, whoa, what the fuck is going on here? And I called Ralph up. I was like, what the fuck is this? And then, uh, you know, and, and I start sending Victor messages because he's about ready to go on live and give, you know, the, the results, you know, because we're about ready to close the polls and we're in a tight match against, once again, our dear friends, Decibel Geek. Uh, you know, and accuses us of, you know, the only reason we're winning is because of bots, because Zach Harris and fucking Andrew Jacobs are writing him, telling him we're using bots. And like I mentioned earlier, both of those guys voted for Decibel Geek multiple times with multiple shit. Everybody had that going on both sides, especially the later you got to the runs. Uh, it, it's, it's called Welcome to the Fucking Internet. But, you know, I want to stress for the record... Neither Ralph or myself told anybody to create multiple shit. And keep in mind, we had like, you know, they had like 14,000 votes. We had 15,000 votes. As far as multiple bots, you're talking maybe 15, 20 votes on both sides. On both sides, it's not I don't like think either side had a bot. It was fake profiles. Or, or you know what you know what I mean. But they're calling it bots. But that's what it is. Multiple profiles. Okay, okay. Both multiple times. And I'll admit, in every in every round, I I've got one other. I've got I've got Morris Buttermaker. Uh, for when I go to Facebook jail, and and in every round I did vote twice because I knew we're going up against not only a podcast but we're going up against the haters. Because I looked in the, in the first three rounds, it was 95% the same people voting against us every time. So that shows you how we're going up against the haters. So I did use a multiple one. I freely admit that. One one other vote. Okay. And there was a couple of our listeners who created some uh, multiple uh, profiles and voted. But we are talking a very minuscule amount here. Yeah, because we, we won, uh, that's what we won by 100, right? Well, we were, we were we were up by 100 at one point. We don't know the, the final tally because basically what we did is so many people voted, we broke the fucking internet. Uh, you know, so you were starting to see like a thousand, uh, you know, point something. Uh, you know, it just got out. Facebook didn't even know how to handle how many votes were going on. Uh, and you couldn't see a clear number like you could when it was under a thousand. Uh, but in the end, we ended up winning. But we ended up winning because we fought tooth and nail and tried to get the most people to vote. Now, here's the thing. Keep this in mind. When it got to this stage of voting, it went above and beyond your audience. Because here's another thing to keep in mind. Uh, all of these shows, probably about 10% of our listeners voted. Look at all the people on the page. I look at all the people who download our show every week. A very small percentage voted in this shit. Maybe they don't live on Facebook like a lot of us, or maybe they just don't give a shit. But it's a very small percentage of the actual listeners. Every show went somewhere and called in 
and said, hey, will you vote for my show? Will you vote for my show, whether they listened or not? Okay, and I freely admit that's how we got as many votes as we did because our listeners canvassed the internet and said, hey, vote for this show, vote for this show. People like Johnny Bogan, people like Tim Breen, people like James West, people like all our listeners did this shit. They said, please vote for this show. Okay, every fucking show did that. And what's the difference between asking a friend to vote for the show who doesn't listen? And somebody who created a fake profile. There's really no fucking difference. Uh, what it boils down to is basically a popularity contest. Who can raise the most people to vote? Because at this point in the game, it's way beyond you know what percentage of your actual audience is voting. And every show is guilty. Every show asks for other shows. Then you saw shows banding like, hey, you know... Uh, can we have your listeners vote for our show? It's fucking human nature. It's what happened. But when Victor did this and put this out and then he went live and basically chewed our ass out for like word cheat. Uh, I, I was, I was fucking done. I was fucking done because I saw that, you know, it's one thing when these other podcasts who, who aren't our friends, who are just total backstabbers, well, they're not even actual backstabbers because they, you know, they were never amongst us, you know. But it's one thing when we got to fight them. But Victor, I considered a friend, and he's doing this without consulting me first, and that's what really pissed me off. Is he could have sent me a message or called me and said, "Hey, I heard this," and I would have told him what was going on. You know, I would have told him what was going on behind the scenes, and it was happening on both sides. And these are haters trying to start shit, but unfortunately. He went on the internet and basically uh, ca called us his cheaters and tainted, in my opinion, tainted the whole fucking tournament. Because uh, I knew of some shit that was going on earlier that I didn't say shit about. I kept in-house because that's how fucking men do it. And I said, you know what? Okay, well, now Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is just going to have to work that much harder. And that's how we did it grassroots you know it wasn't fucking cheating we went out there and we begged him to got get the most votes just like every other show did every fucking other show did but the fact that we got called out and once again the rock and metal combat podcast got disrespected treated like shit when we raised the most money when we don't talk shit about any other show until you attack us was treated with zero fucking respect. At that point, I gave up all fuck. You know, I, you know, I was like, take this tournament and shove it up your ass because now it means absolutely zero to me. And I felt horrible about all of our listeners who worked so hard to get that, but I just felt like we were so disrespected that this title means nothing to me now because because you already came out and said we're cheaters. There's going to be an asterisk next to it. And people who maybe don't know a lot, the same with Andrew Jacobs. All these people came up to me later after I did that Victor Ruiz episode like, oh, I didn't know it was like this. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there who don't know what's really going on. And I saw a guy comment, and it, it was, I, I think he's from Podcast Rock City. And he said, he goes, man, I was good. He goes, I hate the fucking monkeys. And I was going to vote for Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, but if all their fucking votes are cheaters then maybe I need to vote for the monkeys. 
And that's what that just turned my and nothing against that guy because if that's all I knew, I would probably be the same way. You know, like oh god, these guys are cheap. It doesn't matter. Like I've said before, you can build a mi- million bridges, but you suck one cock, you're a fucking cocksucker. You know, so I knew no matter what we did after that point, the haters are going to fucking win. Eh, see, they just cheated. It doesn't mean anything because they cheated. doesn't matter that every other show did the same fucking thing and their fans did the same fucking thing, but we get called out on it. And that's what I had a major fucking problem with. And and Ralph was with me at first. He's like, "Yeah, fuck this." Yeah, I, I, I and thank God because we would have lost. <laughs> fuck him. We don't need him. We would have lost if I joined yeah, you, dude. But, we would have lost. But you know, you know what? You you change your mind, and I hold nothing against that. And I I told you that from the start. And all of the voters, I was like, you know what? Me personally, uh, I maybe I took it a little bit harder because I consider Victor a friend, and I I really saw it as like. Not only a, a fuck you to, to to our audience and and to us, but it's like you you've just made this whole tournament. You know, you 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 have tainted it by coming out and saying this. When if you could have talked to me, if this wouldn't have got brought out, you know, it probably would have ended in a lot better light. And it wasn't fucking cheating. We didn't fucking cheat. We just we worked harder than anybody else, and everybody and, else did and, the same thing. And let's thing. say we did cheat by, by their by their explanation of cheating, then we cheated just like every other show. Right, yeah. and now and now I I did see I've seen a couple of videos. I I haven't seen the final video from after we won. On, I saw it I on, saw on, it. on what Victor said, and he he did come out and say he was disappointed in Decibel Geek too. But again, I I I know Aaron and Chris. No, he didn't. He didn't. Not in the final video. Oh, okay. Well, no, no. I'm, I'm talking. I'm not talking me personally. I know Aaron and Chris didn't come out and tell people to vote for, you know, uh, use multiple personalities. They just said, "Hey, vote for us." And they have a rabid, rabid fan base just like we do. I mean, hell, <laughs> somebody. Uh, uh, I think it was Adam Marshall made a joke in in our uh, group that said, "Hey, we should go on a Vinnie Vincent page and say." Yeah, remember what Decimal Geek said about Vinny? Vote for us. And I was like, oh, God, even I wouldn't stoop that low. Yeah. But there, there was a shit ton of fucking Decimal Geek fans that were going into Sammy Hagar groups and going, hey, these assholes hate Sammy Hagar. <laughs> we even beat those fuckers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're like, hey, these guys uh, say that the most untalented, uh, most bland performer is the most untalented, bland performer. Get them. And we still won. Yeah, but, you know, I that's don't, beautiful. I don't hold that against the Decibel Geek No, not at all. Listeners. I love those because, guys, man. Because, well, yeah, not only that, but they're fans. They did what they had to do for their show. And I love that. I People should fucking stand up for Decibel Geek. Because Decibel Geek, there'd be no Rock and Pod Expo without what Chris and Zach and Aaron do. You know, and they do a quality show. They are our friends. We love them. There has never for one minute been bad blood between the two of us but we both fought a hard fight and we happened to fucking win because you motherfuckers would not give up and what really got me is right before the voting ended with decibel geek ralph you were live on youtube asking for votes and i was right there with you i was watching you and i was sharing this shit i i joined so many metal and hard rock groups and i kept sharing it that i got banned from sharing for four days 
because the whole time he's begging for shit, I'm like, well, I can't just sit here and do nothing. So I'm fucking posting and posting and posting until I got in trouble for spamming. But that's how we barely won, was we didn't give up. We didn't give up. We fought to the very fucking end. And when that happened, and like for a minute, I'm like, phew. But then to get called fucking cheaters and basically strip us of any title we would get, then I was done. I was fucking done. I was like, man, we we fought haters along the whole fucking thing, and now even my own friend has joined the group of, of haters against the Rock and Pod Expo. I mean, the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. You know, that's when I was just like, you know what? Fuck getting any of your guys' respect. All I care about is our fucking family, our fucking audience. And that's all I should have ever cared about from the beginning. But maybe I thought, you know, maybe I was naive to think, like, you know, maybe these fucking haters would wake up and see that we do have something. We do have a following. We have a family. We have people who love us that would fucking you know, do anything for us. And you guys showed that. All of all of you who voted, who, who try to get other people to vote, I love you guys, man. And I loved you from the beginning, and I love you now. And yeah, we did, we did end up winning, and I'm very proud of that. But at the same time, what what Victor did was the final nail in the coffin for me. I just, I, I just stayed out of it, man. I was like, fuck it. I already know we got the best listeners. But I thank you all, and I'm glad we won it. And I'm, I'm glad, you know, Ralph, Ralph took his stance, you know? Cause... Well, the thing is, here's here's my side of it. This is why I, I changed my mind and, con- and wanted to continue. Because, number one, I promised, we promised, that if we would win this, we'd do this and that. And when I said I don't want to do it anymore, I felt really bad when I got, like, you know, messages from our listeners uh, or comments going, don't give up on us. I felt like, you know, look, I'm not going to let these guys... They, they, I've worked fucking hard on this. They work fucking hard. I'm not. I'm not judging you for your your. You know, you you're you. If you want, if you don't want to take part of it anymore, that's fine. But I was like, you know what, man? I I, I gotta keep fighting. I gotta keep fighting. Even if we lose, at least you know, I gotta you know show these guys that all their hard work wasn't in vain. So that's why I continue to do it. And I'll be honest with you. And. Uh, after we won the Decibel Geek thing, and even, you know, um, to tell you the truth, even before this whole bot thing happened, I said I said to myself, dude, if we don't win the final round, people are still going to get their YouTube exclusive. And I was going to talk you into right. doing Kiss, Pocket, Kiss shows again. I promised uh, I'll get down, which I already started uh, um, uh, Larger Than Life Part 2. You know, and I was like, even if we lose the main one, I'm still going to give people all this stuff because... They worked so hard, so I couldn't let them down. Right. And now, you, and you, Ian, you can't let them down either because you promised to get an elder tattoo. Oh, and, and I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah, don't get, don't go back on that because that, to me, is showing. You know, you have to show some kind of gratitude to these people, all oh, these yeah. people that worked hard. So get that elder tattoo. Everybody's gonna get. The, I forgot to put the YouTube exclusive out today, which you know, hopefully, I'll do it before I go to work. Right. Uh, and uh, you know. Uh, I was going to, we were going to, but you know, you think I was going to tell our listeners, hey, even if we lose, you're still going to get everything. Fuck that. I had to fucking be little conniving fucking twat to let them keep voting because, you know, they, oh man, if we win this, they, little did they know they, they were going to get it anyway, but fuck that. I wanted to win it. I did want to win it. You know, after I heard these people like Johnny Vogan and Tim Bream and everybody, don't give up, man. 
come on, Ralph, please. Right. And I was like, you know what? Fuck yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm with you guys. And and thank God, you know, I did. Because uh, I really honestly believe that we would have lost if it wasn't for the Almost Human YouTube page. We probably would have still been close because these guys are rabid. But you got to understand, you know, as good as our listeners was, was, there still is a, you know, a percentage to put us a little over the top. And believe me, those almost human YouTube listeners, they are rabid as well. They're oh, yeah. fucking rabid. Yeah, and, and, they, and, and they shared it with their wives, their friends. They did everything uh, because I asked them to. So I got to thank all those guys just as much as our listeners. Yes, and I want to say hats off to Ken Mills and, and the Zilch team. Oh, of course. And Decibel Geek and Cassius Morris and, yeah. uh, you know, all of them. Yeah. All of them. Every single one of them that we went against. Uh, they were they were not doing you know any any cheating shit. They weren't you know bashing us, even though I took it wrong. The growing up rock, but every one of them I consider classy, and you know I mean as much as we're scumbags, they were as classy as us because we did not attack anybody. I mean I did look, and you know not to attack any listeners, but I was a little offset when I saw people saying. You know, bad things about the monkeys. Look, I'm not a fr- fan of the monkeys, but man, it's Ken Mills we're talking about. You yeah. Know what I mean, so I, I was I wasn't liking those posts and st- stuff like that. But hey, you know, people are you know, they, people are people. Like like I don't censor Ian talking about that slob that's married <laughs> to J- Andrew Jacobs. I'm not gonna censor our listeners. You know what I mean? Right. And and I, I just like again, thank you to to Ken Mills and everybody we went up against. But thank you most of all to you guys who who won it for all all the listeners, man. Every all the guys and girls out there who voted, and uh, you know I, I had my reasons for stepping out of the final round, and I, I hope you understand it, even if you didn't agree with it. Uh, but I am damn proud that that we still won, even if it's tainted for me. But I'm I'm still glad we got it. But. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. You know, it's a week now and everybody's forgot about it. But we know it, you know. And and you guys show it each and every week. That's why I am getting a horrible fucking elder tattoo. You know, that Ralph's doing uh, uh, way ahead of time, the Kiss documentary part two. We're doing a Kiss episode next week. We haven't done a Kiss episode in forever. And we're going to do one that it'll be one to remember. That's for goddamn sure. Uh... You know, we love you guys, and, and we appreciate everything you fucking did. And, and you proved it, and, and the haters are still going to hate, but we know we've got the best fans in the fucking world. Might be other podcasts out there with bigger numbers. Doesn't matter. Nobody is as rabid as the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast family, and we love you. We proved it because we went against podcasts that have much bigger numbers, but it's not numbers with us. It's strength. Right, and we proved it, man. And we did look. We we won the final battle with Ian Wadley, the guy that got us so many fucking votes to get us there. Yeah. He bowed out, and yeah. we still won. Yeah, I couldn't share shit, and I shared the shit out of this. And in, in every round, I worked my ass off for this. And in in the last round, I didn't do jack shit. And you guys still stepped up, and you beat the monkeys who. Laugh all you want about the monkeys. They got a fucking audience. I mean, uh, the monkeys, they put on an episode of Zilch, and it fucking eclipses all of our episodes. So what's that tell you about our fan base? Exactly. To me, that means more than numbers, man. Yeah. The rabidness. You know, it's like, you know, it's just like, you know, how 
consider us the Van Halen fair warning of podcasts. Yes. There's a lot of uh, 1984 and 5150s out there, but we're fair warning. We didn't sell as much, but we're more effective than 5150. Yep. Thank you. Yep. And, and, and we, we thank you all. And uh, again, uh, you know, I know it ended on a sour note and what Victor did uh, pissed me off. But you know what? I'm not going to go on attack on Victor. He did what he did. Uh, you notice I haven't said a word. And right. I could, but whatever. You know, and, uh, me, and you know Vic, and, me and Victor aren't really talking right now. But, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to attack the guy. I think he made a mistake. I think he knows he made a mistake. Uh, you know, but... but I, I know what he was trying to do, and I got to tell you, it fucking worked because we shared, you know, and by we, I mean everybody, we shared this so much, we've got an influx of new listeners and downloads that we haven't seen in a long fucking time. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm happy about that. More people now know the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, and I think that's what Victor was trying to achieve for all these podcasts. So for that, I will tip my hat. It did work. It did bring more attention to us. I'm just sorry it ended on a, on a sour note. Uh, but the bottom line is, we are the fucking kings of podcasts. Yeah, that's right. We're the podcast kings. And I said it a year ago in a video I made, The Ballad of Wadzilla and Dr. Fuck. I mean, I'm sorry. God damn, man. Now I hate myself. <laughs> the Ballad of Dr. Fuck and Wadzilla. <laughs> And, uh, you know, uh, basically, uh, we did it, dudes. And I knew it all along. I have faith in this podcast. And even before we won, uh, we raised the most money and everything, I listened to other podcasts and I was like, dude, I found the perfect guy because this guy's a scumbag like me. You know, <laughs> you know the, the, only, the only weak link of, uh, of, of Wadzilla that he doesn't match my awesomeness is that he... He just likes one vagina, which is gay as fuck. But whatever, yeah. that's your thing. But you know, I I, I only of, found one small enough to fit. You know, you're you're just you're you're <laughs> just uh you're 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 just you know you're, what you are is you're brutal and you get all the attention of being the scumbag and everything. But all you are is verbal, dude. Action speaks louder than words. You should have seen what I did last week. It involved well, I shouldn't even say that. But but believe me, if I tell you what it involved. Uh, I'm way more brutal than you, but you know I keep that, uh, you know, behind behind closed doors. It, it involved a Shetland pony and a cripple. Yeah, uh-huh. I said cripple. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> it was not that tame. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you know, I, 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 let's just say, you know, Ian's got the verbal scumbagness. I live the verbal scum. I live that, that. Whatever the fuck he says, I live it. You know, and uh, and people love it. You know, people love Dr. Fuckalicious. It's not just about Wadzilla. They love us both together. And, uh, you know, whatever, dude. Fucking. Uh, we are the superpowers, man. We yeah. are we are a team and everything we've achieved, we've achieved well, together. We, we and our listeners are the superpowers. Because yes. they, 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 they are even more, you know, uh, to, to uh, you know, responsible for us winning right. than and, we are. I mean, I know I... I my, I think what I did was I pushed this over the edge. But dude, I, with all the things I did, I we would have never won if they didn't raise all those fucking votes. Right. So I can put it over the edge. So they're and, they're, they're just as responsible as the uh, almost human YouTube page. And I, and I want to see all you motherfuckers next year at the fucking Rock and Pod Expo three because it's going to be even bigger. 
And and I want to give a hats off to Chris Sinzak, who never bows to all the pressure he gets. To fucking... Oh yeah, of course. No, we we you know well we always like sell it as it is when it comes to Chris. He works his ass off. But but no, Chris Sinzak takes a lot of shit just for being our friends, and it's, it's a crock of shit that these other podcasts. Uh, put that on him, but Chris... and, and he stands up for us, though. Yes. He's like, he, he, he's like, you know what, man? Yeah, you know, you may hate these guys, but I know these guys, and right. and, and and we don't give him no grief. We don't tell him what right. to do. No, he said actually we're one of the easier podcasts to deal with, and and to Chris's credit, and it has way more to do with with than just the money that we raise. It's about friendship, and Chris has always had our back. Aaron's got our back. Aaron, Aaron yeah. always invites us to his yeah. place yeah. each year. We they, always have they, a great time there. They they are fucking family, so support it by coming back. Come to the Rocket Pod Expo 3. It's going to be even bigger and better. It's going to be the return of Ralph and I on stage. It's going to be insane. So show up and show all these other fucking podcasts. You know, already we, we tripled, you know, the audience members that showed up for the first one with the second one. Let's see even more of you beautiful motherfuckers at the third one, man. And let your voice be heard. Let, let it be known that you are part of the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. Let's fucking take this shit to the next level. That's right. And you know, look your ass, too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because I'm, I'm used to only looking one ass. I, I would like to try another. Ian is not afraid of E. Cola. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I drink Rolling Rock. Yeah, that cures it. All right, well, with that being said, Tommy Sanfilippo paid a lot of money to hear this review, and we're going to do it. That's right. One of my favorites from my favorite all-time band, Black Sabbath Sabotage. Let's go. It is time now to review the 1976 album, Black Sabbath Sabotage. <laughs> yeah. 1975. Yes, sir. I was testing you. Okay, bye. <laughs> and uh, who do we have with us? Ian. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We oh, have... my God, Cox. <laughs> we have a real queen with us today. Greg Barnes has come back. How about that? You. All right. Yee. Yeah, girl. Ha- Hello. Oh. Take that cock out of your mouth. <laughs> oh, God. It's making my throat bleed. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> it's veiny. Oh. Uh, I love my big veiny cocks. Mm. Yes, and thank, to, uh, thank you to Tommy Sanfilippo. We are all together to review Black Sabbath Sabotage. And, thank uh, you, Tommy. One oh. of my favorite albums of all time. Hell yeah. From my favorite band of all time. Well, there you go. Mm. All right, well, uh, Greg, since you're a special guest, why don't you talk to us about uh, how you found this album, or have you found it? <laughs> yes, I have. Um, just just to make a very long story very short, because I know you know we got we got some stuff to talk about. Uh, to put it in a nutshell, I first started hearing Sabbath uh, back in uh, back in my high school days, about 2005, 2006. Various songs, some Ozzy stuff. But, but to be honest, it wasn't until way later after, I'd say in the last uh, four or five years, where I really started to seriously collect Sabbath albums. Because up to that point, I just I just listened to songs, I borrowed CDs from friends, acquaintances, and 
you know, I started listening to certain podcasts and talking about certain bands and certain genres. And as somebody who, you know, by my own mission is is not a metalhead, uh, you know, I, I found it very interesting. So a- after getting sucked into all this new music, you know, to my ears, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to check out certain bands. One of those bands was Black Sabbath. And so I started purchasing the records, the studio albums. And I first heard uh, Sabotage a few years ago and, you know, read the backstory about it. You know, I love Wikipedia. You know, I need to learn stuff and I like to cite my sources and, uh, you know, make sure I check those sources to make sure I'm not getting faulty info. But, um, but yeah, I, you know, I can't wait to talk about this album and I can't wait to talk about, you know, Sabbath in general because I have not talked about it you know, in over a year, uh, ever since I was uh, let go from Ironcast due to uh, certain things going on behind the scenes. So I can't wait to talk about some heavy metal music. You were let go of a podcast that, like, is no longer? That's weird. Yeah, I mean, that's the truth. I mean, I, I was so stupid, but, you know, they, they didn't like the direction I was taking them in. You know, they didn't like all the pretty colors and the, the flags and some of the uh, artists I had. You know, plan to you know promote on the show, and they just said fuck it, and they took off. I was gonna say, uh, when did you first hear this masterpiece? Well, I came out, I came into this album very late. I bought like uh, the first album I purchased was "We Sold Our Souls for Rock and Roll," and the only song on that album from Sabotage is "Am I Going Insane Radio?" And at the time, you know, I was a little kid, and I was like, "Wow, this ain't a really good song." Uh, what do I think about it now? Wait till we get to the song, but. It it uh it did not help me to buy the album. I kind of avoided the album because I was thinking, you know, I don't think I want to buy this album with uh, Bill Ward and red funky pants and this song. You know, that's all I knew about the album, so I avoided it. I bought uh, Never Say Die when it was brand new. That was the first one I bought. Black Sabbath was brand new. I believe Master Reality, the first one, and uh, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath and volume four i bought those all i know technical actually was the last one i bought but i did buy sabotage in the 80s uh found it for cheap that's the only reason i bought it because i i was i really didn't think it was going to be a good album i was judging it by the album covering that song and yeah i'll never forget being in my little room when i lived with my parents and putting the needle on and actually rip it just ripped my head off this album is heavy as balls and what a stupid idea to represent this album on the greatest hits with am i going insane radio and as we stand it is my second favorite black sabbath album and i just did a poll on the eternal idols youtube page which you should subscribe to where i asked people to vote for the favorite black sabbath album and everybody voted their favorite being volume four and their second favorite sabotage just like me so uh it's very it's very loved by black sabbath freaks and uh fucking awesome and I can't wait to get into it. How about you, Ian? Uh, well, I first got this one, I would say probably around 89. 88, maybe maybe 89. Probably closer to 89. Um, but this is one that wasn't in my dad's collection. Uh, my dad was a big Sabbath fan, but for whatever reason, the last one he bought was Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. Uh, so all those, you know, I heard through my dad's collection and, you know, when I started getting into them, I could go back and reference those, but this one I couldn't. And same as you, I had uh, a friend of mine 
had we sold our souls, and I heard, am I going insane? And I was like, oh, so I put it off. Uh, I don't think it was the last of the of the the original eight, but it was it was towards the end, uh, you know. And, and again, yeah, it was a it was kind of a weird cover. I mean, I don't know. There's stuff I like about the cover. There's stuff I don't like about the cover. Uh, but when I put it on, holy shit, you know, it was amazing. And I think actually what got me to get this is I believe I had uh, Speak of the Devil before this. And hearing Symptom of the Universe. And, and loving that song. And I think that's why it was like next in my collection. Because uh, I believe I got Heaven and Hell even before I got this one. And it's definitely in my top three for Sabbath albums. Uh, this one flips back and forth between two and three. Because, uh, and I know this is going to sound like blasphemy to some. But I keep flipping back and forth between this and Never Say Die. And it's one of those where, like, I don't, I don't think there's any songs on Never Say Die that are as good as the best songs on here, but I just love the flow of Never Say Die. But this album, uh, well, it has my favorite Black Sabbath song of all time, uh, you know, which, you know, <laughs> has a lot going for it, even though Volume 4 will always be my favorite Black Sabbath album. But this is just amazing. I wouldn't call it flawless, but it's one of those things where... The stuff that shines, shines so fucking bright, you know, it, it, it eclipses the faults, if you will, but, uh, you know, a lot of people consider this their favorite Sabbath as well, I mean, yeah, a lot of people go back and forth between four and this one, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's a landmark album, and I can't believe we haven't talked about it yet, so thank you, Tommy Sanfilippo, uh, for, for paying for this one, I mean, we should be paying you to talk about this. Oh, man, I mean, there's so many fucking great albums we still haven't touched upon yet. Fair warning. Oh, yeah. You know, come on. I mean, there's so many. Yeah. That's why I'm telling you, Ian, you never know. We can end up like Greg, man, so we got to get on this. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I want to I thank Tommy because at one point, uh, uh, I posted something in the page. It's like, oh, my God, maybe I should have picked that one. And, and this is months ago. And I told him, I was like, well, you know, we haven't recorded your episode yet. Would you like to change your pick? And he's like, uh, no, fuck that. Sabotage. And I was like, awesome. Right fuck on. yeah. And, and the other pick would have been great too, but it's not sabotage. <laughs> so, so Tommy, man, thank you for being patient. I hope you enjoy this. And, and to all the other people who have donated for the expo, because uh, there was a lot of people who donated in the beginning, and we haven't got to your episode yet. We, we haven't gone in order, and that's no disrespect, but sometimes it's uh, scheduling, and, like, you know, some people are going to guess, and that's weird to do. So nothing goes in order. But Tommy paid for this a while ago, and here you get it now. And, brother, I hope you enjoy this shit. Oh, you will. All right. Well, since Greg is our special guest, and by the sound of him, he doesn't have much long to live. Uh, why don't you take the opening track that is Hole in the Sky? This is Greg Swan song. <laughs> yeah. And what, what a way to start off the song, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah this, this, review, this review is Greg Barnes' innuendo. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's yeah, must go on. He's very yeah. sick. <laughs> yes, sir. 
Yes, I am, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna soldier on and do the best I can. And These are the last days of our lives. <laughs> Go ahead, oh. darling. This one's you. Oh, oh dear. Oh dear. Oh yeah, like that's gonna help my condition. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, hold this opening track. I I love this opener. It's very it's very heavy. I it's very bluesy, and I just, I love Iomi's riffs throughout the whole song, and. It's a great way to start start off this album, and you know I, you know just just to put it you know really quickly, I do enjoy this record. It was um, you know a bit experimental compared to other Sabbath albums that I've heard earlier before this, but you know I, I, I still love it. I mean I love when bands take risks or take chances or incorporate different ideas. And, and put them down on tape, and you know, you get something like this. And I absolutely love holding this guy, and I love Ozzy's uh, vocal performance on it. Um, you know, he's, uh, you know, it's it's like Ozzy's one of the, is one of those singers where he may not rank, say, top tier in terms of say skill, but there, there's only one guy that can sing songs like this and make it sound right, and. And in this case, it would be Ozzy. I mean, I think he sounds awesome on this song, especially throughout the whole album. I, I think, you know, as Sabbath, uh, you know, as Sabbath moved on, you know, from you know, Paranoid into Master Reality, going through all the albums, I think he got better. You know, I think he started taking more risks. And, I, you know, by, by the end of his uh, tenure in, in Sabbath, I think his, his vocals grew a lot. And I think he's... He actually sounds really amazing. I mean, you know, it's hard to say compare him to say like Dio or um, you know, Tony Martin or, uh, or or stuff. But I mean, you know, totally different singers. But you know, to me, Ozzy is the the best singer to sing this stuff. You know, everyone. You know, if you check on like random groups and random comments, you know, people, you know, argue about who's the best singer in Sabbath, and I always say. Uh, you know, best singer to sing in Sabbath would be Dio, but the best Sabbath singer is Ozzy. And I make a distinction between the two. So, to me, Ozzy sounds awesome on this album, especially on this song. Great opening track. How about you, Ralph? Well, you know, a lot of people out there are like, you know, Ozzy's voice was at its peak on Sabotage. That's when Ozzy sang the strong strongest, strongest. Ozzy was the best on Sabotage. All those people are right. He was at his best on this fucking album. His vocals are amazing. Strong, hitting those high notes. You know, that's why they can't do these songs anymore, you know? Because of age, you know? Come on. You know? It's very hard. Shit, I can't even sing this shit. You know, it's, you know uh, we're planning a, a Sabbath tribute album, an EP again, like I did with Merciful Fate. And I'm having the hardest time picking what song to do because we only want to do the early shit and all these you know i was thinking okay i'll do electric funeral but then there's that high part of electric funeral i was like dude i can't do that you know fuck i you know i'm not here to say oh fuck you guys and fuck the haters whatever think what you want in my personal opinion ozzy was an amazing amazing singer back in that time but it's an, an organic you know people say well ozzy can't sing the deal stuff yeah you put ozzy singing the heaven and heaven album i don't think it'll translate as well 
But you put Dio on this album, I don't think it it's, doesn't. It won't, think, it won't work. It's it not won't work. work. It, it, it might work, but it won't work like this because there's something cool and organic about the original Sabbath where Ozzy's voice is perfect for it and this song right here what a great opener I love like before the the song kicks in you hear that you know and it's just you know how many bands made a career out of that riff you know all these doom bands they all use that riff there's that riff somewhere 27 huh 27 27 bands okay there you go I thought it'd be more, but man, what a great song, uh, a very prolific song of that he doesn't believe there's any future in cars. That became true. We're all like George Jetson today. And uh, oh man, what, what can I, what can I say more about the song? It's just so fucking heavy. It really uh, sets the mood for the album, and it really, um, it, it, you know, from uh, I would say from Volume Four, Sabbath, Sabbath. This song right here is like the most straightforward shit they've done since like, I don't know, Sweet Leaf, you know? It's like very straightforward, you know, no, it doesn't really, you know, go venture off anywhere. It's yeah. just a fucking hitting you over the head song. It's a, ve- it's a very bluesy, riff-dominated, heavy metal track, and I, and I love that. Yeah, with the great, great fucking vocals and everybody, you know, of course... Uh, you can see why Sabbath is Sabbath because listen to Bill Ward on that song and every song on this album. I mean, there's something so special about all four together. You take one person out of this band, it's not Black Sabbath. You take Tony, Geezer, Ozzy, or Bill out of this band, it's not Black Sabbath. Case in point, every album after Never Say Die does not sound like this band. Classic Sabbath. It doesn't. None. None. They all sound like different bands. Nothing against them. I pretty much love all those albums. But uh, I just don't love it as much as this stuff, man. Amazing song. Love Hole in the Sky. What do you think, Ian? Oh, not only do I love this, but this is the best opening track of any Sabbath album. Mm. I, I, I believe. This just comes in like right off the bat. Yeah, that, ah, and then it kicks in. Uh, fucking amazing. And yeah, you got, you know piggybacking on what you guys said uh the best vocal performance from ozzy and ozzy is very distinctive you know i i like ozzy with like david lee roth uh you know everybody likes to slam these guys oh they're not class you know classically trained singers. hey you can you can add paul piano to that list too yeah yeah another another great great one to bring up uh you know but it has it has this certain charm that fits the music and you're absolutely right when you brought up you know, like if Dio was to do this, it, it's not like it would sound bad. And I mean, this is no disrespect to the late great Ronnie James Dio that is tattooed on my arm. Uh, but it wouldn't have the same power that it that it does with Ozzy. The same way you can't replace Paul Diano. It, look how great Bruce Dickinson is. Amazing. When you hear him do Paul Diano, it's light in the loafers. The same way when you hear Dio do it. It's light in the loafers. It, it doesn't have that same effect. Uh, because there's something about Ozzy. As a lead, this is where he belongs. This is the music he should sing. And nobody can do it the same way. You can't replace David Lee Roth. You can't replace Paul Diano. You can go in a different direction and create something new. But you can't recreate what it was. Because that voice is just as important as every other aspect of the band. 
Uh, I mean, just heavy as fuck. And they decided to go back in a heavier direction. They they experimented so much with Sabbath, the Bloody Sabbath, and, and you know, yeah, it was great. It was awesome. But by the time this comes along, you have all the drama with uh, their former producer and manager, Patrick McGeehan, or Mahian or whatever the fuck his name is. Magoo. Yeah, M- Magoo. Mr. Magoo. Hey, me boy. Uh, but so they, they have this anger, you know, and, and this angst going behind, and it's like more stripped down, uh, but also pissed off as ever, if not even more. And it, it's a goddamn shame that this was actually the beginning of the decline for Black Sabbath as far as record sales and stuff. It started to go downhill with this one. This album didn't go gold until 1996. And, uh, you know, that's fucking sad. But, but a prime example, and I, I wish I, I would have asked my dad while he was still alive, you know, like, well, why didn't you buy Sabotage, you know, like why, you know, why'd you have all the other ones and then he didn't get sabotage? You know, I, I have no idea. You know, was it poorly promoted? Did he just change in taste? What happened? You know, how can you have all these other ones and not get sabotage? You know, or did some chick steal that record out of your collection? But I, I believe, I think he told me that that Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath was the last one that he bought. But, uh, man, this is just... I don't know, and I wish I would have listened to it even earlier. I think I would appreciate it even more because by the time I heard this, I was already exposed to heavier music, like Metallica and stuff like that. But I mean, this for its time, you know, it's, you know, particularly a track we're going to get into later, which is Proto Thrash. I mean, this is like the heaviest of the heavy, even for Black Sabbath. This is by far their heaviest album. And Hole in the Sky is just fucking amazing. And the little twist and turns it takes. And it, it's heavy, but it does experiment. But, I, I mean, even the experimentation is still dark and doomy. And fuck, is this one good. But then, strangely enough, right after that first heavy-ass track, it goes into an instrumental. Don't Start Too Late. Uh, which was kind of a joke uh, that their producer mentioned because every time he would go to record them, uh, they had already started before he fucking uh, hit record. But what a beautiful instrumental. I mean, only 49 seconds, but very... I mean, you know, I could hear, like, this song influence what Eddie Van Halen would do with Spanish Fly. I mean, very, very different. Uh, You hear a little bit of flamenco in this, and... Uh, but I, I put it right up there with like Laguna Sunrise and stuff like that. I mean, it's just incredible. I find it an odd placement on the record, but then again, where else would it go? I don't know. But it's so good that this is something that should definitely make the album, and it should be right there with Fluff and Laguna, you know, and shit like that. Absolutely amazing. Uh, Greg, what do you think of Don't Start Too Late? It's only 50 seconds, but it's a great 50 seconds. I mean, absolutely agree. I think it's very melodic, very, very nice playing, very tasteful. And, you know, to me, I actually hear, you know, I don't know if it's my ears or something, but when I, when I hear something like this, I kind of get a little bit of a Richie Blackmore vibe for oh, some reason. Interesting. You know, it, it's very, like, 
it's it almost has this like medieval classical sort of a sound to it and and i think it sounds awesome you know and you know i'm not a guitarist by any means i don't know jack shit about the instrument but i think it's i think it's a very pleasant listen a very nice instrumental and actually i wish it was a little longer because i i enjoy listening to it it's like man i wish it was a little longer but hey at least it goes into another awesome song right afterwards so no complaints from me on that how about you ralph yeah, uh, what Ian said earlier, that's exactly how I felt. It was like, man, there's an odd placement on the album, and it's also an odd, uh, you know, how it how it just blends into the album. It's like this song is, you know, of course, you know, the band didn't stop pulling the sky like that. That's obviously the producer just cut the song and went right into this. But living with this album for, you know, decades now, I can't imagine, you know, hole in the sky without this, without that little cut, abrupt cut. It's original, it's weird, but it's so cool. And it's almost like the calm before the storm. You know, it's like you got this big storm, blah, 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 then boom, it gets into something like this and then goes into the next one. And yes, I love it, I love it. I just love every single time Tony picks up an acoustic and puts it on a Sabbath album. Like what he did at the very end of Heaven and Hell, Scarlet Pimpernel on fucking Eternal Idols is God. And of course, Laguna Sunrise and uh, fluff uh and it's great you know I, I you know my only complaint it would have been nice if it was a, a full song you know that it would have went somewhere but i'm not complaining you know i think it was you know it's it serves its purpose and it's beautiful and i love how you know this one doesn't you know, just uh cut off you know it has like a little thing but then it goes into what many consider the birth of thrash now you know me I'm the biggest Black Sabbath fan in the world, and I'd be one to say, yeah. But you know what? I'd have to say probably Stone Cold Crazy by Queen, maybe, though. The first Thrash song. But uh, but this one's the second one, you know? But you know, a lot, but, you know, you don't really think of Queen and even heavy metal, you know? So that's why Black Sabbath gets more... This song, Symptom of the Universe, with that crushing opening riff that's so proto-Thrash and insane and uh wow and ozzy's vocals are even more powerful on this song than hole in the sky i mean he is screaming his fucking ass off and you know the changes it's just it's just a crushing song that bashes you over the head and what i absolutely love i mean fucking love about this song is what a lot of people complain about is when it goes into that psychedelic part. I love to, I fucking love that. Woman, child of my creation, let me, you know, just that whole section is gorgeous. Yeah, people, you know, cause people are just too metal out there. People are like, no, fuck that, man. It should have just stayed, you know, like the speak of the devil version. Should have stayed fucking heavy, 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 heavy. No, I like that. I like that I put that in there. And I liked it as a little kid, too, like when I bought it in the 80s. And, and Ian, what you said, I, I was just like you. I had Heaven and Hell before this album. And um, fuck, man. What can I say? This song and the lyrics. Oh, man, one of the best Geezer Butler lyrics. It's like, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, you can interpret it whatever way you want. It's kind of like a love song. Uh, loves a uh, love song kind of in the same way as Planet Caravan. 
You know, it's like a Planet Caravan type lyrics to a crushing fucking song. And then uh, equally beautiful lyrics uh, during the psychedelic part. It's a fucking masterpiece. And and it is uh, the most well-known song from this album. Uh, Simple in the Universe. Fucking awesome. What do you think, Ian? Uh, what do I think? I think not only is this one of the greatest songs of all time, this is the greatest heavy metal song of all time. The greatest Black Sabbath song of all time. This is fucking amazing. That fucking riff, Ozzy's voice, those drums, the best drumming I've ever heard in my entire fucking life. John Bonham can suck a dick straight up to this one. And I love John Bonham. I love John Bonham. John Bonham never did this shit. Oh my god, Bill Ward owns this fucking song. And the fucking jam at the end is is, is the fucking, you know, the pièce de résistance Or whatever the fuck the French say. God damn it. It fucking perfect, flawless... One of the greatest songs of all time. Jesus Christ, is this good? I mean, I mean, seriously, the drumming on this. Put up any fucking Stuart Copeland. Put up any Neil Peart. Put up any John Bonham. I don't. I, I challenge you to tell me anything with with a with a straight look on your face. Tell me anything is better than what Bill Ward did on this fucking song. And and, and then to have the fucking John Forsythe to change it at the fucking end. And to go into that jam that just comes out of fucking, like, the heaviest thing you've ever heard. And, and go into something that you might hear at a fucking Grateful Dead concert. It's fucking amazing. A perfect, perfect fucking song. I can't think of any other metal band that has a song that matches Symptom of the Universe. I think the end section actually benefits it, too, to, you know, to do something like, you know kind of like, you know, a yin and yang thing. Oh, yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. This, this, this makes fucking Stargazer a fucking Toolgazer. I'm telling you, this... Uh, you, say, you say that because it's my favorite song. You get very, uh... What, what's that Tim Breed thing? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tim. Sorry to bring you. I love Tim Breed now. Yeah, that was very passive-aggressive. <laughs> oh, well, it's... Hey, hey, no, 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 no. That, that's very egotistical of you to think that I was, I was including you in that conversation. I'm talking about me. Yeah, yeah, you gotta point. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Damn ego. <laughs> why? Why you gotta bring? Ego. Why I gotta bring in Tim Bream, the American Dream, the the meme machine? Uh, no, no, seriously. I, I mean, I honestly believe that that there is nothing by any other band, and I I love so many metal bands, you know, that are incredible and have great songs, but I I think this is a perfect song, and I, and actually, I I mean, I would put this song up with anything by the Beatles or the or the Rolling Stones even though it's such a 120 you know I put up against Pink Floyd any any stuff that I consider just like iconic and untouchable it is this song I, I'm really I don't know if I can pick a better song Symptom of the yeah, fucking it, Universe man it's Symptom song of the like, fucking Universe fuck yeah written so perfectly it's like these guys make Frank Zappa look like Brett Michaels. Yeah. No. 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 That was a total passive aggressive thing toward you. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I see where you're going there. But no, I will give you that because look at all the intricate time changes in, in Zappa music. 
But look at the intricate shit on this. In just the drums alone. And Frank Zappa played with some of the greatest drummers of all time. And I still would put the drums on this against anything. I've never heard a better drum in my life. And that's why Bill Ward is my favorite drummer of all time. You oh, are the man, Ian. Oh, always will be. And it, it will never, you know, sound like Savage without Bill Ward. Never. You got that right, buddy. Because he is so all over the place. And I mean, it makes it work. Just, I mean, just amazing. I mean, seriously, I challenge anybody. Go back and listen, even if you're like, yeah, I, I mean, I like this song. But go back, put on some good fucking headphones and just listen to the drumming. And, and then come back and talk to me about fucking Peter Chris. Okay? <laughs> this is a fucking drummer. This, this shit makes like Peter Chris look like fucking Ricky Rocket. Drunk. I, I mean, this is fucking drumming. This makes Ricky Rocket look like Ricky Rocket. Uh, <laughs> take it outside. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean seriously, though, it, it is it is that incredible, and you can throw all these other, um, yeah, your fucking Mike Portnoy's, all, all this shit. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what they've done. I've, I've heard, I haven't heard it all, but I heard a goddamn lot of it, and I've never heard anything as good and as powerful as this. But the thing is, that's only a fraction of this song. There's so much other shit going on. The fucking riff, the bass, the lyrics, Ozzy's voice makes this the greatest song of all time. I mean, I mean, it's just fucking... Ooh. I got, I got, I got goosebumps. Maybe that's because I'm naked and the fan's on, but I got goosebumps. All right, all right. Greg, what do you, what do you think of this? Top what I said. Ian is completely right about everything you just said. I like it. Next song. What Ralph said is also very, very accurate and valid as well. This is a really awesome song with a lot of progressive rock, early progressive metal elements, which makes this song one of the best Sabbath songs. And love the experimentation with the effects and the different mood and genre changes. So that's what I had on the cliff notes. But also on the improv part, this is my second favorite track off of the entire album. Mine as well. Um, because, yeah, I, I love it, you know, because you have, you know, it's a blend of, of a bunch of different moods, different atmospheric changes, genres. I mean, you got the really heavy part, then the, the, the psychedelic part going into, going into the really mellow acoustic part, and it, it, you listen to it and it's like wow you know it's it's different but it it works you know it, it something like this really works and i don't think the song would be as good if it was just the heavy part the whole time or if it was mellow the whole time it, i think the song benefits from the shift you know and you know and, and you read you know the backstory on the recording of this album where you know, they're dealing with, you know, the, the lawyers trying to get out of the contract and all the ridiculous shenanigans going on in the, and during the recording mixing process and how long the album took. I mean, despite all those problems and setbacks, look at the results. I mean, I mean, you get the songs like this, and I think stuff like this is awesome. It, you know, it may not be, you know, quote, typical metal, you know, all, all heavy, heavy the whole time, but, you know, stuff can be heavy metal if it's not 
you know, heavy on the riffs or just loud, you know, you can have mellow stuff in it and it's still heavy. It, it all depends on the mood and the, the emotion and the attack. And um, just, you got to look at the whole picture. And I, I absolutely love the song. I, I love how it flows and I love how, how it sounds. And yeah, despite my time coming, you know, close to an end, I still found enough time to listen to the song again and again before we started the review. Yeah. So it's because I had a feeling that that Ralph and Ian, or Ian and Ralph, depending on what part of the globe you're on, um, wanted to talk about the song a lot. So I just wanted to listen to it more so I understand the band more. Not only does this song benefit from the shift, I think you benefit from the shaft. Bring your skinny ass on over here, Jake. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's rising. But, um, <laughs> but okay. So we'll, we'll move on. We good with this one? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're going on to the fourth track. And uh, it starts off all, all nice and, you know, haunting. You know, I really, I really love that sound. It's very, you know, it's very dark, very emotional, and and you know the 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 Aussie effects in the back are really cool. Um, when I was first hearing the song, um, <clears throat> you know, I was I was I was actually a little confused because you know I, it's a again a different shift in the mood, a different shift in the uh, in the atmosphere, and you know I really love you know Ozzy's vocals on this because. You know, as as we guys said earlier, he has a very distinctive voice, and and it's like I I don't see any of the other, you know, Sabbath singers, you know, as great as they are or were, pulling off something like this, because you know it's it's all about how you interpret the song, and you know, to me, it's like only Ozzy could do that intro and make it sound like that, yeah. So it's. It's very unique. I, I really love it, and it's it's an awesome song. It's it's by far the longest song on the album, almost ten minutes, and it's it's just it's just it, there's so much going on. I mean, you talk about symptom of the universe being you know crazy and a lot going on. I honestly think you know this is some of the band's best work, you know, on a, on a technical musical standpoint, you know, with with the way everything lines up and, and the the drumming. And you know, I I love Bill Ward. I mean, I'm not like you know big like, super fan like you two are, but obviously you know the the guy's you know iconic and you know for good reason. So I mean, I completely understand why he's held in high regard on, on these Sabbath records. And I totally love this song, third favorite off the album. And it's you know it's awesome. The thing that gets me is, you know, I, I've seen comments on YouTube because I, I wanted to kind of read what people were thinking about this album because it was all, you know, experimental, different, everything. You know, people were like not liking the song because it didn't sound like Sabbath, which to me didn't make sense. But then again, you know, I'm not as, as experienced with uh, the band as you two are. So I don't know, maybe you two can chime in on that. But I absolutely love the song for what it is. A, a progressive metal masterpiece that only the original Sabbath can do. You know, and totally dig it. How about you, Ian? 
Oh, man. Yeah, this is a fucking masterpiece. The longest song on the album. And might be the longest song, period. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but I think I'm right. Uh, actually, well, if you're not counting covers, yes, it is. Uh, I believe the warning is longer than this. Okay. Stand but that's a cover. Uh, absolutely love this. This is a doom masterpiece. And, you know, you can hear stuff like this in so many doom metal bands that, that try to go for this vibe, but never, never capture what they did here. This is a perfect blend to me of, like, this is like Planet Caravan meets the the song Black Sabbath. Uh, it has all the experimentation of Planet Caravan with all just the deep doom of the, of the song Black Sabbath. Absolutely amazing, uh, evokes a mood, and, and it's one of those, you listen to this, you just get sucked into it, uh, and God, there, there, there's no turning back. You hear shit like this, this is why Black Sabbath is Ralph Vieira's favorite band of all time, because of shit like this, that, that just, you know, separates the men from the boys. There's so many great metal bands out there. You know, so many great guitarists, singers, and all that shit. But few times does it come together as cohesive as this and as powerful as this. This is a powerful fucking song. Uh, that you just you just can't ignore. You, you hear this song, it's not background music. It, it, it demands your attention and commands your respect. Uh, I, 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 you know, and as much praise as I give this, yes, something the universe is, is I, I like more than this, but I mean, by a fucking, you know, cunt hair, you know, it's just absolutely amazing, and it's, it's a shame that this album is as overlooked as it is. It is a cult favorite, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, this album is really kind of looked over as much as technical and never say die, because it is like the downward swing sales-wise and popularity-wise. Uh, but the, for the people who know this, they know it, it matter. and they love it. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't matter. They, you know, you talk to any hardcore Sabbath fan and you bring this up, and that that's when you know you're talking to you know, a real Sabbath fan. Somebody that's like, oh yeah, Iron Man, that's a catchy song. <laughs> you know, th- this is the real shit. And fucking A. What do you think, Ralph? Like I said earlier, this was voted the second best, uh, you know, because the way I did the votes, you know, people put their favorite albums and uh, Volume 4 got 29 votes votes as their favorite and Sabotage got 27. So it was only two, two, uh, a lot of people do love uh, Sabotage, uh, you know, like, like you were saying, the grand scheme of things, you know, most people don't give this the respect that it deserves, but the Sabbath fans do, so, you know. That to me is better. And as far as this song, dude, this is definitely my favorite song off the album. It was actually my favorite Sabbath song for the longest time. Till uh, just one day, you know, hearing Children of the Grave, I was like, no, 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 I'm sorry. This is my favorite Sabbath song. And uh, But man, oh my God, this song. Oh my God. Um, oh my God. Oh dear. Yeah, the echoing effect, the mellow beginning, and then... Uh, it gets a little like you know mid tempo heavy, and then that fucking riff, that 
The, the, you know, there's no denying nobody's better at writing riffs than fucking Tony Iommi. And there's several here to, you know, to worship to. And of course, how can you fucking forget Suck Me? You know, I mean, that shit is so fucking cool with the cowbell. Man, and this song, yeah, it's very long, but boy, it doesn't bore. It's a fucking masterpiece to me. It's my favorite song off the album. And uh, man, what else can I say about it? I mean, this is a, and you know, it's, it, and it goes to show too, like this is a band going through so much shit at the time and they still come out with this. You know, like a lot of people don't respect Never Say Die. Never Say Die was a fucking mess recording it. I mean, it was hell recording that album, but man, when I listen to it, it's like, wow, man. You can't help but like, I mean, this, this is only going out to the people that like Never Say Die. A lot of people hate that album. No, a lot of Black Sabbath fans hate that album. But, man, I listen to Never Say Die, like listening to Sabotage and think, this is a band in turmoil. This is a band with so much bullshit going around them, and they come out with this. Yeah. You know? Keep that's... that in mind, Pearl Jam gets along. Listen to that shit. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and this was the time where they started a fracture. I mean, they were a cohesive unit all the way up to this point, and they were still cohesive during the Sabotage recording. But it took a toll on them by technical ecstasy and uh, never say die. They were already like kind of like enemies and shit. But uh, wow, megalomania, fucking masterpiece. All right, let's flip the asylum over to thrill of it all. Yeah, that that. (laughs) Fuck yeah. You know that's blowing out a hit of some real good fucking weed. (laughs) Oh yeah. And yeah, this was like you know, you know everybody knows they were through under a coke phase during uh, these years, and I think this is where the coke was still working, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, but man, this song is probably the most underrated song on the album, I think, because nobody talks about Thrill of It All. This song is fucking amazing. I love the you know the little breaks and the riff and the da da you know the drums and Ozzy fucking you know, belting out those geezer lyrics. Thrill It All is fucking a fucking masterpiece too, dude. There's nothing but masterpieces on this album. This song is classic Sabbath. It's got this real uh, heavy, dark vibe to it, but it's uh, kind of upbeat too at the same time. And uh, it's fucking great, right, Ian? Oh, fuck yeah. That... Oh my god. And then when fucking Bill kicks in, holy fucking shit. But yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, any fucking stoner worth his weight knows what that sound is. That's blowing out a really good fucking hit of some really good weed. <laughs> and, and that's what I feel when I hear this song. Without a, I don't even have to be high to feel high when I listen to this. Th- that fucking riff, and Ozzy shines like crazy on this fucking song. Oh my god, does he sound good. Uh, absolutely amazing. To me, it's a, it's a standout track. I mean, yeah, there's there, no clunkers on this fucking one. one man. You know that, that line where, dude, it's so cool. Ozzy does it several times in the song, but when he goes, Clutching violently, we whisper! The way he belts that out, 
You know, it's like, if my song becomes my freedom, yeah. fuck yeah. Kiss my big black ass, anybody thinks that fucking Ozzy, Ozzy's a bad singer. He's one of the best, dude, in metal. That's why he's Ozzy Osbourne. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just fucking phenomenal. Definitely a, a standout track. And th- this would be one, like, you know, if, if you had a, a true Black Sabbath fan make a greatest hits or a mixtape, you're going to see shit like this on there. You know, you know, take the place of, of Iron Man and Paranoid. And, you know, nothing wrong with those songs at all. But, you know, a, a true Sabbath fan, you're going to see... You're going to see quite a few cuts, actually, off of this album. Because this, this is, to me, what Sabbath is all about. You know, the riffs like this, the vocals of Ozzy, the drumming, you know, the bass playing. This is Sabbath through and through. A killer fucking track. Please tell me you agree, Greg Barnes. Well, let me let me get the footnotes on again. And all it says is, yes. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I absolutely love this song. It's very... It's, it's very bluesy, very awesome, dark, dirty riff, but also very experimental and progressive at the same time. And it is definitely one of my favorite uh, Ozzy vocal performances on on this album. I, th- I think it sounds marvelous. And also, you know, as you know, as what was sort of kind of talked about, but you know, this contains my favorite Bill Ward drumming performance on the album because it. it yeah, because I, I just I, I love the way he just he does a lot of like syncopation and like it's very jazz influenced and I, I think I think it sounds awesome. It, you know, it's very you know. Now it's time for Gene Cooper syncopated sound. It's, <laughs> it's very unique and, and I love I, I love it and uh, it's 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 a very cool sound and it, it's an it's an awesome song and yeah I mean. I don't, I don't have to be too intoxicated to enjoy this song, but, you know, nothing wrong with, you know, <laughs> drinking a couple cold ones. And, yeah, you could be a, you could become drunk and enjoy this one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's like, you know, it, it's just a great song o- overall. And, 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 you know, as you said earlier about, you know, people making the mixtape about, you know, like the greatest hits and everything, and it's like... You know, you know, for for me personally, if if I were to do something like that, and this is coming from someone who's, you know, not not say like a, a die-hard fan, but you know, someone who respects the band obviously and, and digs their material, you know, yeah, there, there's nothing wrong with putting you know the the more popular tracks on there. You know, as you said, you know, Paranoid, Iron Man, you know, War Pigs, or even to an extent like you know, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, or heaven and hell or something but it's like you know there's nothing wrong with putting some deep cuts on there or 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 anything it's like like for me personally if i were to make my own you know mixtape or mix cd you know to put in the car one of the songs i would put on there automatically without hesitation is something that's extremely different would be air dance oh yeah you know like it's just you know stuff like that it's just so different but it, it works and you know the band were a mess at that point you know on the verge of collapse but it's like that song just sounds so hauntingly amazing it's like I, I love air dance for for everything despite all the difficulties and you know 
I would put some tracks off this album onto onto a CD like that because you know it's not about a popularity contest or a hit. It's about if you love that song and if you enjoy that song. And to me, I, I would take an amazing deep cut over a good popular song any day. You would take you the know, balls deep, wouldn't you? fucking lootly without any lube, no question about that. Ooh. I'm telling you the fucking truth. That's yeah, we know. I don't I gotta, be, I gotta be honest, you know? I'm sorry, but, you know. You didn't pull around without. <laughs> oh, my gaydar's full force here. Uh, it's like, hey, why don't you turn it up a little? Oh, fuck. <laughs> just made my gaydar needle fall off the fucking thing, man. Hey, well, get a new one. I'm selling on Amazon for $29.95 with free shipping and handling. How does yours fucking keep working? I have no idea. I, I don't know. You must get the real expensive ones. I, yeah. I, think, I think I hear it because I keep hearing a buzz through this recording. It's not a no, Geiger counter, it's a Geiger counter. It's uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's Craig farting, you know, he's, it's almost like a, fart, uh, uh, you know, like a wind thing. Yeah, no, His buttocks is very stretched. When, when Craig farts, he goes... Yeah. yeah but, but, like... but, but, but his are wet, they're more like... That's a little, that's just making, my, just making my ass hurt. But go go right ahead, Ralph. Talking about the thrill of it all. Uh, no, the next one's uh, yeah. Super Super Czar. Yes. I already talked about thrill of it all. Yes. Super Czar. Go ahead, Greg. Oh, it's me. Okay. Yeah, I'm going into a little little rant there. But yeah, this instrumental track, and it uses a, a mellotron, as far as far as I know. Uh. You know, you guys probably know what a Mellotron is, so I don't, you know, I have to really Yeah, I use one every day. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can tell. But yeah, it's basically a predecessor, predecessor to the synthesizer, and it contains, you know, pre-recorded, you know, strips of tape with containing music, like orchestral stuff on it. Press the key, plays it back. So it's an early predecessor to the sampler, synthesizer. And I, I absolutely love it. You know, uh, it's just, it's, it's so unique. The, the choir is haunt, very haunting. Uh, very, very, you know, first time I heard this, I was like, wow. It, it's different. You know, I, I couldn't say it was a favorite of mine, but I didn't hate it. But it, it's one of those things where it's like, I like this. It's so different and unique, but it's like, I don't know where to rank this. But... You know, but I th- I think it's a very it's a brilliant composition on the album, and it, you know I respect it. But I can't say it's an absolute favorite or anything. But I I just you know I like it. You know, and it's you know it's one of those tracks that best you know sums up you know sort of like the mood on this album. You know you know as the whole. You know, drama going on during the making of this album and all the, you know, the emotions and the, the taking the toll on the, the band members. You know, it's like you can almost hear the, uh, like, like, like the pain and the agony of the pan through the, through the choir on this. And so I, I respect this track a great deal. And uh, Ralph, go ahead. Yeah, this song reminds me of, you know, a Sunday sermon at the s- Satanic Church. That this is what the gospel singers would be doing. 
I mean, it's fucking evil, man. It's so scary. And uh, and, and what what really, really always remind every time I hear this song, it reminds me of what happened like ten years after I bought this album. Was I was at my friend and you know Greg being here, it's cool to bring this up. Uh, my friend and I'm not making this up. His name was actually Paul Gay. I'm not making this up. And uh, I'm at his house and we're playing this album and this hot blonde. Mm, I had it too. I'm so proud of it. Uh, called Julie. Julie uh, came by with her. You know, she had a son, a very young son at the time, maybe three or something. And they showed up right when the song was playing, and that kid started crying like crazy, scared the <laughs> fuck out of him. That's the one memory I have of this song. Like I always have when I hear this song. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. It was their intro. The first time I saw Black Sabbath on Heaven and Hell tour, they played this before they came out, and I know they did it during uh, the following albums as well. And uh, it's great. I mean, yes, it's uh, not technically not a song. It's like a weird choir instrumental that's pretty warped and uh, dark and, uh, you know, listen to it. It's like, you know, you know, without saying it, all I can hear in this song is worship Satan. That's what I get out of this song. What do you think, Ian? Well, I like the whole worship Satan thing, you know. Anything that drags people away from the Nazarene, I'm happy about. But... I, I don't know. This either should have been the intro to the album and trimmed way down or been a B-side. Uh, to me, I, I don't know. It sticks out like a sore thumb, I, but I yet I don't hate it. Uh, but I just would have liked another song on this. And to me, fucks up the flow a little bit. Not, not a lot. Not like a game changer or a deal breaker. But I think this is why this album goes back and forth uh, as my number two and my number three. Uh, but but I don't hate it. And it is, it's like the coolest <laughs> intro tape ever if you're going to see Sabbath live. That I agree with. That's awesome. But uh, as strong as songs that were coming up before this, man, if they could have had one more song of that caliber and left this off or made it a B-side or shortened it to an instrumental, I think it would have been a lot better. But, uh, you know, not hating, but not, like, full-blown loving either. I'll take the next song, which, in my opinion, is the worst Black Sabbath song by the original lineup. Uh, and again, it's not, like, the worst song I've ever heard, but it's so un-Sabbath. But it, it definitely gives you insight onto where Ozzy wanted to go and where he'd want to go in his solo career. You know, yeah, those first two Ozzy albums are, you know, classics, you know, masterpieces, will you? But uh, you can see he wanted to go in more of a commercial direction than Sabbath. And, you know, where Sabbath kind of stayed the course as far as heaviness when Ozzy left, Ozzy definitely, you know, there's, there's some heavy, but there's a lot of commercial shit, too. And to me, this one just doesn't cut the fucking mustard. Uh, and, and again, a horrible representation on any Greatest Hits compilation that they would put this. And then, you know, the whole, like, uh, you know, like most people, you'll, you'll even read on Wikipedia, where, where they see the radio in parentheses, <laughs> I think it's a radio edit, but it's part of a slang term for radio uh, rental which was a slang for mental, 
for somebody who's crazy, and I don't get any of that. I'm like, wow, that makes no fucking sense, you limey bastards. What the fuck? Does, where do you get that shit? That's terrible. Uh, can't you just say nucket futz or some shit? I don't know. Uh, yeah, not that that good a song, especially coming you know on the backside of Super Zars. It's like, whoa, can something save this? You know, <laughs> it starts out good with Thrill of It All on side two, but then you got two not clunkers, but just not up to the same level of awesomeness that the first side had. What do you think, Greg? Yeah, it's like we we go from an instrumental with the with the uh, with a with a choir to uh, to this, and I'm like, you know, you said that you know that Superzar, you know, you wanted to be left off the album or put on a B side or something. It's like to me, I'm like, I'm fine with Superzar, you know, for what it is. But if I had to pick a weak song off the album or to take off, it, it would be this song. I mean. You know, yeah, I know it's kind of quirky. It's got that, that that poppy, if you can use a term like that, that 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 poppy kind of a commercial-ish sound to it. And you know, having radio, you know, doesn't help matters. But it's like I, I I can't say it's a bad song, but it's like it's it's one I don't enjoy listening to. Really, it, it's just there on the album. To me, it's just you know to fill up time. You know, it, it's just there. Now, I mean, I do like the, the the vocal arrangements and the layering. And I mean, it's not a total disaster by any means, but it's definitely my least favorite track. I, I if I had to pick something to take off the album, it would be this. Uh, leave Superzar al alone because you know, at, le at least that's got some cool shit in it with, with the choir and everything. But yeah, this, you, you probably like that Mufasa song on jazz too, don't you? Well, well, the th well, the thing is, I always end up watching Twin Tower videos after that song, so you kind of embedded that, you know, into my memory every time <laughs> I think of the song. So, so it's like, no, I don't, I, I have not forgotten about that, but, uh, but yeah, the the Mufasa song, uh, uh, it depends on my mood. Actually, there, there's a lot better Queen songs out there. I love how that song starts, but then when it goes into the song, Jesus. <laughs> No, uh, Allah. <laughs> I pray for you. But, uh, that was yeah. you. Don't come after me. <laughs> it's fine. It's oh, fine. God, now I got a thought wall against me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, am I going insane? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not the biggest fan of this song, although it's not terrible. Uh, go ahead, Ralph. Well, you know, I, the, the only thing I would agree on both of you uh, is that it is my least favorite song on the album. And yes, when I was a kid, it deterred me from buying the album. I didn't like this song, deterred. <laughs> uh, but um, it, it has grown on me through the years. May, you know, call it, uh, you know, not swinging or just me being a huge Sabbath fan that given it to But then again, you know, I don't like Breakout or She's Gone. So uh, this song has really grown on me. Yes, it's not as good as the rest of the songs on this album, but it has a charm. I do like, and I love when Ozzy goes, so, when he does that little thing. And it's just so weird. But, you know, I will admit, even to this day, I don't like the, dee, 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 that little keyboard sound in the beginning. You know, you take that out. Uh, you know, that that's the one thing I really that really bothers me about the song. 
but I don't know. I guess because also I heard it as a little kid, and even though it, it was like, wow, what the fuck is this? But it was, you know, it's almost kind of like uh, I didn't like it as a kid, but you know, it's kind of like a forbidden fruit too. Going, yeah, I shouldn't <laughs> like this, you know. Greg yeah, it is a fruit, like like Greg. Yeah. <laughs> but but I'm a good fruit. There you are. <laughs> Look at Ian, what a homo. Anyway, so uh, yeah. yeah, I like I like this song a lot. Actually, uh, I don't hate it. Uh, it is my least favorite on this album, but it has really. It, I guess it's just a sentimental thing, nostalgic thing, because I did play. We sold our souls for rock and roll quite a lot, because you know back then I only owned like eight albums, so I would wear out every album I had. So um, I dig it. All right, we'll go into the next one, uh, the final track, the 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 writ. Man, the way, you know, the way the, the uh, Am I Going Insane bleeds into. Oh, and by the way, one thing I forgot, you know, Ian touched upon it. In England, they do call uh, mental patients radio rentals. That's what they call them. You know, it's uh, just what I don't know if they do it anymore. But back then, you know, that's what they would call mental patients, radio rentals. And uh, but anyway, so this song blends into that quiet bass, but. Before the quiet bass, there's these this like manacle evil layers of laughter. And then it goes into this fucking scream that for years I thought it was Ozzy. Because it sounds like Ozzy. Going, ah, ah. Actually, it's Ozzy's kid. It was Ozzy's daughter at the time that was in the studio. And she was crying and they recorded it. But they did some effects to it to sound fucking so evil. That shit sounds like something off a black fucking metal album. You know, it's, it sounds like black metal vocals. You know, play, play some black metal and add that to it. You know, and it's fucking evil as fuck, dude. And it's so creepy. And then it's so crazy. So, yeah, it's so quiet. Then it gets so quiet and it's this little bass. And fucking, dude, I mean, I can imagine somebody hearing this out for the first time having it cranked up real loud in their house and being freaked out by all that screaming and then like sitting there and listening to that quiet bass all of a sudden to get punched in the face with the way I am the way I am oh. like when the band just bashes into like out of nowhere I mean that shit will jump you jump out of your skin hearing that shit <clears throat> and yes while they're you know funny enough even you know with the lyrics the lyrics are pretty much about you know all the shit they were going through and funny enough, while recording this song, in the actual control room were all lawyers. You know, they were all in there while this song was being recorded. And uh, Ozzy wrote the lyrics to this song. That's right. Yep, Bob Daisley, uh, Bob <laughs> Daisley fucking uh, apologist. Ozzy wrote these lyrics. You know, he wrote Am I Going Insane? He wrote Fairy Was Wear Boots. He wrote the very first song ever that was metal, Black Sabbath. And this is another one he wrote. And I think these lyrics are really good. They're real pissed off. And, whoa, you want to talk about, you know, you know, changes in this song. Dude, it goes fucking everywhere from heavy as fuck to, like, some classical fairy pixie music, you know? Like, you hear, like, ding, 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 and all this weird shit going on toward the end. But it works, dude. It's so fucking out there. And, you know, and listening to that little pixie music, I get the vision of the album cover. I get the vision of fucking Bill Ward's pants. But, uh, <laughs> God, I love this song. The writ is a masterpiece, man. I almost, like, think it's tied with uh, Symptom as my second favorite song on this album. 
it's just great. It's awesome. I love it. I love the experimentations on it, and it's uh, it's balls out killer. What do you think, Greg? Well, the, the red is my absolute favorite track off this album, and it's a great way to end the album because of the different uh, the different changes. Uh, you know the the beginnings. You know, very you know, very crazy and. You know, it, it, it's again, it's it's a long song. It's almost nine minutes, but it doesn't feel like it's that long because there's there's always something going on. It's it, it's a perfect it's a perfect song for me on this album, and to me, it contains, you know, at least on the album, uh, the best uh, Ozzy vocal performance. You know, because it's just. You know, he, he had, you know, in his prime, he had a lot of, of natural talent, you know, with, with the with the vocals. I mean, those vocal melodies are are great. They're his songs are not easy to sing. Absolutely. No, no. I mean, they're like they, they are. They're very high pitched. You know, he's you know, he's good at like the double tracking to get that effect on it, you know, and it's like, man, it's like he, he is underrated. You know, back in the day, you know, he he was a phenomenal vocalist, and you know, yeah, yeah. See, I mean, he had his, he had a lot of great, you know, performances in the '80s and all his soul stuff, and you know, and after that, but it's like, in in the '70s, I mean, the the guy was just a, a monster, you know, on on the microphone, doing these songs, and it's, and this is one of my favorite vocal performances he's done because he just just like nails the shit out of the vocals like in a way that only he would do it you know it's like i i'm sorry i mean i can't see dio nailing this i mean as much as i love dio i no, it's not gonna work uh and i can't i can't see glenn hughes or ian gillen or or uh or, or tony martin or you know it's like no i mean i'm i'm sorry but only ozzy could pull a song off like this and make it sound right because it's like, yes, you, you can take any of the other Sabbath singers, no matter who it is. Yes, they can hit the notes. Yes, they're they're very highly skilled singers in their own right. But it's like, if you put any of the other singers over top of this instrumental, uh, over the instrumental work and replace Ozzy's singing, it's not going to be the same song whatsoever. It, it's going to be, it would be a, a good Sabbath song. But just that, I mean, to me, this is, it's a phenomenal song. It's my favorite off the album due to how, how it's recorded, the mood, the singing in particular, the lyrics. And to me, it's a perfect song to end the album. And I won't say any more about that because you two will add a lot more well, to it than me. Well, I'm ahead. very disappointed you didn't talk about the your favorite part of the album. Oh, at the very end, the hidden track? No, no, the little pixie part where you shove a big black dildo up your ass during that part and you come real quick. That's why this is your favorite favorite song. Well, yeah. well the thing is, I, I, I wanted to not say that because the it's listeners... It's a family show? No, what I was going to say was the listeners know. So I'm like, why would I have to keep repeating the, it over and over about that? So the listeners know, you two know... It's irrelevant for me to, to, to keep saying, yes, I love that fairy pixie part. Yes, I love shoving 
you know, dicks and dildos up my ass. I love feeling the effects of that. And I just love, you know, the sight of colored rainbows in my eyes every time I hear that part. And it's just, you know, it's fucking insane. You so, see, you should have you just said that. That's a perfect reason why you love this song. But, but I just wanted to make it sound like something different. Well, yeah. Oh, now you're a poser, huh? Come on. Well, why the fuck are you doing this review in the closet? Well, well, because they won't let me out. <laughs> so I want to come out. Come on. Oh yeah, all right. That's fabulous. How about you, Ian? Well, I, I don't know what I can say that this pickle whistler didn't just say, but uh, oh my god, is this amazing? Ozzy. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Ozzy steps, steps up to the plate here. And totally nails it. And yeah, nobody else can can do what he did here because he wrote this. He felt this. Uh, you, you know, he said this was like a therapy session writing the lyrics to this. Because they kept getting served with writs. And again, that's an English term. In, in America, we would call it like a summons. Like you get a summons, you know, you, you get served with papers by a lawyer. And all this shit's going on. And they're trying to do this shit. Even Geezer said it's like, oh my god, there's so, oh my god, oh my there, god, there was so much shit going on. They were happy just to play music to get away from all this bullshit. But oh god, the way he sings is the, are 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 you, uh, you know, are you evil? Are you man? You know, oh, Satan, are you man? Yeah, that too. Uh, fucking amazing. Uh, and what a way to end it. You know, there's there's no other way to end it. And what Ralph was saying about you know somebody listening to this with the headphones, I can attest to passing out many a night <laughs> listening to this on headphones, and that would wake me up when this kicks in. You know, you'd be nodding out because you're all fucked up. You know, superstars and uh, am I insane? You're like, yeah. And then when this kicks in, like, oh shit, what's going on? Okay, I'm still listening to Black Sabbath. Holy shit, uh, a fucking masterpiece. No better song to end the album than this. And uh, to me, it's about what and what with Megalomania. Uh, is as far as like my two and three track, it's like oh, it keeps going back and forth. Uh, just incredible, and, and an honest track talking about a real subject. Uh, and I, and I like that because there is a lot of fantasy lyrics that you get from Geezer, and they're great. I mean, they're very cool lyrics. Uh, but this is Ozzy talking about some real shit they're going through, and especially once you know that and you listen back to these lyrics, uh, it's amazing. And it's even cooler than it's that it's called the writ, and maybe that's because I'm American. And if it was called like the summons, you know, it'd be a little weird. Or I don't know, the writ. Just sounds like, like I, I didn't know what a writ was until years later, you know. But I was just like, ooh, that's kind of a what what a cool song and what a cool name. I don't know what the fuck that means, but it's mysterious just like the song and powerful and, uh absolutely fucking amazing i love this one and if you had the original pressing or when they redid this in what was it around 2006 or 7 8 fuck if i know 2000 uh, there's 2009 oh 2009 there you go when uh they put out the Aussie box set where everything was taken from the original Warner Brothers Masters, uh, you would hear Blow on the Jug, which is, uh, 
it's an old English like folk song, just like something you know old drunkies would sit around and, and sing, and you got Bill Ward doing it, and it's just them having a little bit of fun in the studio, which is is kind of weird considering all the tensions going around. And I, I would imagine that this was just a night like they're so stressed out they just get totally fucked up, and, <laughs> you know, and, and somebody like just kicks into blowing the jug, and they take it from there. Uh, but I, I remember playing this on uh, my radio show one time, and at the time, the, the MP3 copy that I had, you know, because I use all MP3s to play uh, my radio show, didn't have that, and the audience was going nuts. Like, what? There's no blow on the jug. Why is there no blow on the jug on this? And I was like, oh, man, I fucked up. I'm like, I thought I had that version on my computer. You know, so I made sure I went out of my way. That if I ever played this again, that blow on the jug was added on to this. Yeah, the 2009 uh, version has the has the hidden track on it, so right. I like I actually I, I do like that little you know thing at the end. It's pretty funny to listen to. You like the blow on the jug, do you? You got that right. All right, Ralph. Anything about blow on the jug? Well, uh, this wasn't supposed to be released, actually. Bill Ward was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, you know, and he was like, he didn't even remember doing this. And it's him on piano and Ozzy and him singing. And uh, it wasn't supposed to be on the record. And they just threw it on there without the band's consent. Well, I don't know if it's the band's consent, but, you know, Bill Ward went on record saying that wasn't supposed to be on the album. And uh, I think it's pointless. I think it's just whatever. You know, it's a... Uh, and, you know, I mean, honestly, I mean, they're in the studio doing this shit, just fucking around. You know, you know, you think they'd do this knowing it'd be on the record? And it kind of shows, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I have I have no love for Blowing the Jug, actually, none at all. Because I don't think it's even a song. I just think, think it's them just goofing around. Yeah, just screwing around. It doesn't, you know, it's not a song. It's nothing to me. You know? And, you know, and I grew up with uh, not the original pressing, so, uh, you know, I wasn't used to this shit either as a kid. Maybe I would like it more if I heard it back in the day if it was on my copy of Sabotage. But, uh, <laughs> nah, not a fan. Greg? I'm just I'm just laughing at the fact that people were pissed when Ian played the song. Oh, yeah, oh, dude, I, I got comments like crazy. <laughs> Before the song was even over, they're like, oh, we better hear Blow on the Jug, goddammit. <laughs> It's, it's like it's like really i mean it's just a hidden track but it's i like love that that shows you how hardcore my motherfuckers are that they knew about it and they wanted to hear it even though <laughs> they were pissed e- e- even though what ralph said it's really nothing it really no, has I nothing mean, it's like i got all excited to hear it when i first heard about it i was like oh yes finally i could hear blowing the jug and then i was like what the fuck was that <laughs> you know it's like it's almost over before it's, you want to talk about don't start too late it's like too late don't start uh yeah no i i get what ralph said but it's one of those things it goes into the the folklore of sabbath that you know the, you know the hardcore motherfuckers got blow on the jug yeah but, it's like i it's like i don't i don't like care for it really but i mean i just think it's amusing at best but it's not really something i would like go oh wow or it's more like really it has a charm. Yeah. Much like if we use my copy of recording, like every time you hear that, <laughs> that, that, that. That's Greg's vibrator that's like too close to the microphone. 
Yeah, stop it, man. Turn that shit off. Take it out of your butt and turn it off. Put it on the side. <laughs> All right, hang on. Let me, let me get it. Or, oh. or at least sit sit on a pillow. Muffle it. All right. There. But All right. that is our review of Black Sabbath Sabotage. Yay. Released July 28th, 1975. Produced, uh, it, it's credited to Black Sabbath and Mike Butcher, but pretty much Tony Iommi and Mike Butcher. And, uh... I, I don't know who, who's more to blame for this production, uh, Tony or, or Mike Butcher, but if Mike Butcher did it, then why hasn't this guy produced more albums? Because this shit sounds fucking amazing. To me, one of the greatest sounding Black Sabbath albums of all time. Uh, let's see here. When it was originally released, uh, it's not showing what... A, oh, let me scroll up here. Uh, let's see. It peaked at number seven in the UK and number twenty-eight in the US. And yes, it eventually went gold June sixteenth, nineteen ninety-seven. Uh, which which is a goddamn shame when you think about how many horrible albums have gone platinum and multi-platinum that something like this has only gone gold. And it was their first album not to go platinum. But uh, you know, probably one of the worst selling uh, Van Halen albums is fair warning, so fuck the public. Uh, What's that? Only three million it sold, or something? Yeah, I think it's like two or three, but still for well, about... it was two. It was two before SoundScan, so you know it's much more now. Right, but it uh, only sold two million. Yeah, <laughs> right. But I, but I mean that, you know. Fifty-one fifty sold more than Fair Warning. Is that fair? Is that right? No, no, because exactly. of the, no, because it was produced when it was produced. You know, the CD was already out, and right. Fair Warning didn't have the right. CD. Balance sold more than Fair Warning. You know, is that right? No, it's not right. That's no. why. Who gives a fuck? The hardcores love sabotage. Who cares if it's exactly. not general public shit? Exactly. So I am so glad we finally got to review this album. This is one. Uh, you know, Ralph hit me up with earlier. I, I don't know if he was feeling morbid that week, but he's like, we got to do Sabotage. There's so many albums that, like, you know, what if something happened tomorrow and it all ended and we never did that album? And I was like, well, you're in luck because that was picked this year by one of our awesome donators. So, uh, yeah, we finally did it, and I'm glad. But now it's time to go into Pick of the Week. And Greg, since you are our special guest, and I don't mean that, you know, in a homophobic slang, you know, but you are special. <laughs> uh, what is your pick of the week? Well, my pick of the week um, is an album that to me is one of the greatest comeback albums ever by a band. Um, the band in question is Slade. Oh. And... And the album I'm talking about is Till Death Do Us Part. Uh, this this album is one of my all-time favorite albums that the band has done. Uh, definitely in my top three Slate albums. Uh, they they had come off of the uh, of the Reading Festival where they made their huge comeback, uh, and then they went and uh, <clears throat> you know this is one of the albums they did after that. What and, year is this? 81, 1981, and it's it's an amazing record. I mean, you have 
an extremely inspired band on this album. It's 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 heavy. It's hard rock. If you like ACDC, you you will love this album. I mean, it's it's very it's it's awesome. There's so many great songs: Rock and Roll Preacher, Ruby Red, Lock Up Your Daughters. I, I mean, I like to remember. If you like, if you dig Deep Purple and ACDC and like hard rock sounds like that you will you will love this album it's one of my all-time favorite albums from, from the early 80s one of my favorite slate albums uh i absolutely love it to death how about you Ewan? uh well it's one of those i i have all the slate albums i need to check them out more uh you know i know pretty much for what quiet rat covered and being a child of the 80s they put out an album at the 80s or 84 called Give Me Back My Power Supply. And yeah, yeah. Out. See the chameleon standing run, there run away. the sun. All oh, things to everyone. Run, run away. And the thing is, yeah. They, I, I uh, like that song, but not enough to buy the album. Nah, it, what you need is there's a... Because uh, that was the American release of the... Because the original album was called the Amazing Kamikaze Syndrome had a slightly different track listing and it was rearranged. But um, but there's a, a special edition of the of the Amazing Kamikaze Syndrome which has all the songs from that and the U.S. version, which was Keep Your Hands Off My Power Supply. It's all on this album. And it, it just sounds so much better in that state. So oh. I love it. Yes. All Go right. ahead. Uh, well, my pick of the week uh, is an album that we already reviewed, but you never heard it because of the great computer crash in 2018. And it goes hand in hand with this album, and that is a debut from Down, Nola. And, uh, spoiler alert, whenever we re-record that, uh, it's a fucking masterpiece. And it's members that grew up listening and worshipping albums like Sabotage and, and worshiping Black Sabbath and a, a true super group. Uh, you know, you got Phil and Selmo from Pantera. You got Pepper Keenan from Corrosion of Conformity. You got Kurt Weinstein and, and Todd Strange from Crowbar. And you Jim, got Ricky Rocket from yeah, Poison. And Jimmy Bauer uh, from I Hate God. Uh, and they all came together and made one of the greatest metal albums of, of all time, in my opinion. Nola. Uh, so everybody check that out and look forward to our re-recording of uh, Down. Sorry, Eric Sentiment, we will get to it. But that <laughs> is my pick of the week. How about you, Ralph? Alright, for the past, I don't know, since, uh, for a few, I don't know, two, three weeks, all I've been playing is uh, the reunited Death Angel albums. Thanks to Metal Mike, uh, you know, um, said uh, recommended i get the you know not really recommended reminded me that death angel had a documentary that i totally forgot about i knew, i remember when it was about to be released but just never paid attention so i finally bought it i watched it very long but man it made me fall in love with them so much that i was like man you know what i gotta listen to those later ones. i mean i'm so used to the first three and i have listened to these albums you know it's not like i don't especially the last one the Evil Divide. I listened to that one more than any of them. But, uh, you know, out of all of them, my favorite would be probably uh, Restless Retribution, but that's not the one I'm going to pick. 
Uh, the one I'm going to pick is the one that, uh, the first one after the reunion, The Art of Dying. Man, I mean, all the, all the, I'm telling you, all the later albums are great, but this one, man, has this one song called The Devil Incarnate that's, dude, it's a fucking masterpiece. Not really a thrash song, but it's very metal, very catchy. It's six minutes long, but it's six minutes of fucking awesomeness, but it doesn't stop there. You got Thicker Than Blood, Five Steps to Freedom, Prophecy, you know, probably the one that, you know, Death Angel fans you know, know the most is Thrown to Wolves because they basically end their sets with that song, and it's a great song. Uh, Art of Dying is my pick of the week. I absolutely love it, and I highly recommend all Death Angel albums after they reunited. Thank you. Awesome, and uh, yeah, I started watching that documentary the other day. I'm about halfway through and it was amazing. Very well done. And a uh, very cool story about that is how he was just re- recording some live performances for a video. And then it, tur- it turned into a full-blown documentary. And I had known of Death Angel. And, you know, of course, new board like most people. Uh, but never checked out the albums. And now I'm, I'm proud to say, oh my god, I got that. Oh my god. Oh, oh my, my god. god. I, I got that white vinyl copy of Ultraviolence. Oh, it sounds so good. So good. Uh, but I've been digging deeper into their discography, and these guys, holy shit, do they bring it. And uh, amazing. And a prime example of why we stopped doing the Kiss episodes. <laughs> you know, because it's like, there's so much more new shit out there to, to find. And this is a band I never took the time, uh, you know, always on the bucket list. Like, yeah, I'm going to get into them later on. You know, later, uh, you know, next week I'll listen to it. But I was forced to do it because we did the Death Angel episode. And it's like, why did I put this off for so long? This band is so fucking amazing. And, uh, yeah, great documentary. And I love what I've heard off that album already. Uh, and just great you know that's why you should always check out episodes especially ones you don't know because you never know what could be your new favorite band and uh glad to see that reinvigorated your love for death angel oh yeah uh, and it definitely kickstarted mine and and greg you need to check out some death angel and so do all the listeners all right which uh <clears throat> which uh album should i start with the, the uh, ones... probably art of dying actually because uh it's it's got like a a melodic flair. I mean, you know, you should look into the organization. Right. And that's the band that after, you know, it's it's Death Angel without the singer. And uh, they were more, you know, not thrashy, but a little more melodic. Well, Thrown to Wolves has uh, organization vibe on some songs. There's even a song, I believe it's Spirit off this album, that it's a total organization song because it features Rob and uh, Andy on vocals, no Mark. And, I mean, Mark does appear on the song, but and it sounds like an organization song, so I say uh, start with the first organization. You dig it, go to Art and Dying, Art of Dying. Yeah, and I think I think Act Three might be one that you Yeah, Act Three is another one. Yes, good, good, good call. I go uh, all right. All right. Well, not like everybody says. Now it's time to get into Fan of the Week, and Fan of the Week is the guy who picked this album, Tommy Sanfilippo. Tommy, I want to thank you so much. Not only do you contribute to the page, but you picked fucking Sabotage. <laughs> so, yeah! So that that alone should get you into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
if we, we, we have a Hall of Fame for, for listeners, this alone, if, if you did nothing else, you're like, oh, they picked Sabotage. Uh, yep. I appreciate you contributing to the page. I appreciate you voting for us in the tournaments and, and everything you've done. And, uh, man, there, there's so much cool shit that we have been able to do thanks to you guys donating. And uh, that we couldn't have done without you. And, and I, I love seeing what you guys pick because you have amazing taste. Even, even when it's an album I, I don't care for, I love it because it's always diverse and weird. And we just have the coolest fucking listeners ever. And uh, Tommy, there you go. Instant Hall of Fame for picking Sabotage. So thank you. Tommy Sanfilippo, you are our fan of the week. Right on. Thank you so much, Tommy. All right. Well, now it's time to go into the plugs. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's. Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K. 8 p.m. U.K. time, 3 p.m. Eastern. Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. Hey, rock music fans. This is Terrence Reardon of the Terrence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. Join yours truly as I look every week at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life. And I'm usually joined by a friend or two or ten. And we talk about nothing but great classic rock and metal. And there's no country or Sammy Hagar or rap on the fucking show. That shit is frowned upon with yours truly. So if you want a great classic rock audiovisual podcast, tune on in to the Terrence Reardon and Friends audiovisual podcast. New episodes every Monday exclusively on YouTube. Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault, featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault. On Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. Tired of your long commute and boring work day? Well, join Brian Davis and his gang of movie buffs as they talk about a different movie subject every week on Damn Good Movie Memories. We discuss movie themes like our favorite movie villains, favorite soundtracks, and worst movie remakes, and much more. Check us out on iTunes and Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. From New York. Hey, 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 hey! What up, bangers? From North Carolina. Skitter Pal Meow Meow. This is Bushy. And the Mountain. Tune in every week for your listening pleasure only on the plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. You can find us on Podbean and iTunes. Thank you very much. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... Then you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at DecibelGeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. This is Ian Wadley, Wadzilla from Wadzilla's World. 
Do you want to hear the greatest, most eclectic show on the internet? Show up for the best in hard rock, heavy metal, classic rock, funk, soul, and anything else I've deemed necessary. Wadzilla World, only on Cranium Radio, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Be here or be a bitch. Welcome to the best fucking show you'll ever hear in your life. Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, The Dr. Fuck Show. Yes, tune in here at that metal station for The Dr. Fuck Show. I've been doing this show right here for years. And the chat room's always packed. The jams are always playing. And yeah, you may get a rant every freaking week from me. Fuck, not freaking. I don't want to say freaking. I mean fucking. So join me and my lunatics that are let out of the asylum here on that metal station. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Thursday nights. Join me. Let's lose our fucking minds. All right. Well, if you enjoyed that episode and only a fucking asshole wouldn't, Come back next week when, uh, once again, it is the return of the fan-picked episodes. Is it going to be something you know and love, or is it going to be something you never heard? Either way, you better fucking come back, because a motherfucker paid for it, you son of a bitch. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Suck me!